Albuquerque Macro Aggression, Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk. I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on EM1600, KIBABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. In the last third of the year, the home stretch year for the elections, or maybe the first inning, uh, if you really want to think about it. 550-5500, Roku TV, Amazon, Fire, Apple TV. You can go ahead and get us at SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. And uh, why not app us on rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. Calm. We've got uh, D-Dot Muska in studio here as uh, well, and we're going to launch headlong to it, a full three-hour tour. You've got the preview of a subscriber at rockoftalk.chat. you got all the links. You could follow along with the show, and uh, we're raring to go. Uh, Dow, check mic one, two. Are you there, sir? I, I am here, sir. Oh, there we are. And I would very much like to commend the Republican-appointed judge here in the great land of enchantment, the Republican-gubernatorial-appointed judge, Francis Joseph Matthew for uh, removing the insurrectionist uh, Coy Griffin from office. Uh, again, the Republican governor appointed judge who said that Mr. Griffin uh, engaged in an insurrection uh, with a mob whose goal uh, by the commissioner's own admission was to set aside the results of a free, fair and lawful election. Uh, the insurrectionist is no longer an official in Otero County, New Mexico. The Republic, our democracy is safe, ladies. Well, there you go. The sarcastic bit to kick things off here. Uh, the Republican, the Republican judge, uh, by the way, uh, is really the definition of sanity. Uh, I could tell you they probably got something on him. <laughs> they made him do it. Uh, let's not forget that. Uh, we, they've got uh, every Republican seemingly out there without a backbone. Remember to vote Republican regardless uh, come this uh, November. And that's what we want to do. During this first hour, let's just typify the insanity by because there was a man who was shot, uh, reported it, Murder Mike was here, at the Valero gas station on Coors. And uh, apparently, you know, that should have been, that's it. The guy got in, got out of, out of his car, then got back into his car. Uh, guns were already drawn on the guy. He decided to go ahead and jump back into his car. That's the latest info that we have. And he was shot to death. The guy's name is Keyshawn Thomas, or was, uh, Coors and Quail. And he had all these uh, insane people. Justin for Keyshawn, justice for Key. Uh, stop the police. Uh, another black man. Like, oh, here's all of the, the signs that are coming through. They held up signs calling for an end to police violence. Boy, these are people who don't read, who don't pay attention, who have no idea what's actually happening. That There's literally the worst murder rate in the history of this city happening just this year alone. He was drunk. Officers found him passed out. I immediately thought of the Wendy's incident that happened there. Details of what happened next are unclear, um, but they show that he does have a criminal record because he has a previous DWI charge. And uh, if you decided to go ahead and sleep it off there, no telling what it is. It'll definitely be lapel camera that we have to get to. But, you know, I, I got to say, it's those low information voters who are out there saying justice for Keyshawn. And why is it that every single time that there's a black victim in this city um, instead of a business owner or instead of a, a person under the age of 18? Or why is it consistently that there's marches or some sort of social justice that's being called in? Uh, how did we pick that up of all the things? Now, in Canada, you would have heard over the weekend where guns are practically illegal. Uh, you know, <laughs> you had 10 dead, 15 injured. They caught one of the guys. Uh, you know, I could tell you one guy with a firearm would have stopped this 
you know, point blank, no problem. Damian Sanderson, Miles Sanderson, I'm not sure which of the Sanderson uh, guy, brothers is dead, but 25 either killed or wounded, 10 killed, 15 wounded, plus Sanderson uh, on top of that. And this takes place in, I started looking at Saskatchewan, okay? Now, this is an important thing because we're talking about crime. This is an election issue. So I said, okay, we've got to delve into how much gun control, how many how many possible, you know, uh, murders are there? They're, they're, they're calling for a national gun control there. And Scott Moe, uh, a, a, a premier for Saskatchewan, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, is criticizing new gun control legislation last year by the federal government that would put a national freeze on the sale of handguns in Canada. Now, uh, Scott would be in the right on all this because people should have the ability to go ahead and protect themselves, prevent an event like this happening in, I guess, near Ottawa. From what I can gather, this is in a town, no more than 200 people, I guess. Pretty small, right? Uh, You're starting to get into all this and you're starting to understand like what's happening and this must be a very violent place or, you know, they can't call 911. Well, this took place over uh, the course of several hours. This wasn't right away. This wasn't like something that, well, the guys running around just stabbing people randomly. No, they went and just started stabbing people over the course of two and a half to three hours. Okay. The, from the reports that, that I'm looking at, according to the Saskatoon star Phoenix, <clears throat> when it comes to gun control, Saskatchewan government challenging new proposed gun laws, they're not taking anything off the table. One good guy with a gun would have stopped two men with knives. Okay. Now, just in case you don't know how violent this place isn't in all of the entire Saskatchewan, which has 1.2 million people, they had a total of 59 murders for the year. The deadliest on record. I'm like, whoa, okay. That's not very many. We're, we're, we, we surpassed that before June here it's in Albuquerque. Dream for Albuquerque. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. We'd love to get back to the, those kind of numbers, you know, at 530,000 and declining uh, population. We have literally 94 murders, I think, officially is what APD is saying. I'm uh, now counting 109 uh, to our tally. Now, folks, these far left politics and these far left politicians are being taken on. And it's insanity that can only be addressed with, um, I don't know, some sort of, you know, fun campaign where we make fun of them, where we flip the tables on them. And they are going to come for your guns. They're going to go ahead and never blame. They're going to blame us, right? But woke Paul or excuse me, non-woke policies, people who are uh, defund the police. We need to defund the police. We we need to definitely uh, amplify the Black Lives Matter message. Like we're getting tired of this and it's targeted towards the low information voters. So Citizens for Sanity decided to go ahead and amplify this. Uh, Tucker addressed this on his program last week. Really good ad. I want you to take a listen to this because this is what we need to hear here in New Mexico. Falling in the United States. No more. The national murder rate is at its highest in 25 years. The result of far-left policies that leave innocent Americans at the mercy of violent criminals. You've seen the images. Subway riders pushed onto tracks by the violently deranged. Stores being looted in broad daylight. Elderly women viciously beaten on the street and outside their homes. Gang shootings turning cities into war zones. 
hardened criminals rampaging without fear. No fear of arrest. No fear of prosecution. No fear of jail. No fear of any consequence at all. Instead, you are made to live in fear. Woke progressive prosecutors are releasing dangerous predators before trial. Woke far-left politicians have allowed our streets and parks to be overrun with crime and drugs. Police have been made into the enemy and criminals into a protected class. Violent crime is up 21% in Washington, D.C., 35% Chicago, 41% New York City, and murders are up 207% in Portland. Cities in chaos, billions in property damages, lives and families destroyed. Stop the woke war on police. Stop the far-left assault on public safety. Stop the radical left-wing love affair with criminals. Stop the insanity. It truly Citizens is for sanity. insane, folks. Uh, Citizens for Sanity, check it out. Folks, there were 16 mass shootings uh, over the weekend uh, throughout the rest of the country. But there are people living in fear. And whether they're going after them with knives, whether they're just getting beaten in the streets, uh, whatever the woke policies are, Seattle, Milwaukee, Albuquerque, New Mexico, all these cities are there for the taking for these criminals. Unless we stop them at the voting machines. Back after a quick break. Here in the queue. Just kind of to wrap things up, it was a total of 16 mass shootings uh, from the 2nd to the 5th. And they're coming for your rifles. We have the red flag laws here. That ain't going to matter much because they're not enforceable because the police officers aren't about to respond to a 911 call. Uh, there could have been a whatever they call in Canada. I don't know what they call in Canada down, but, you know, they could have uh, called and done something about it. Nothing happened. It doesn't matter. It's not the gun. It's not the knife. It's the person. It's the criminal. And people need to understand that. In fact, the uh, Saskatoon or Saskatchewan premier said it's all virtue signaling. It's nice to see that they're paying attention to what's yeah, like you know that. going on down here. I'd like to see that quote in a foreign publication. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, in fact, when you get this, it's sort of non-reporting. I couldn't help but but look at this on the CBC News. It says, listen to this non-reporting. I'll read it in its entirety rather quickly. This is what you will get in a woke world in terms of reporting. Two taken to hospital following an attack at PEI, Acadian Festival. One of the victims was a volunteer at the festival in Abram Village. Two people were taken to hospital early Saturday morning after assault on a recreational center parking lot in the Evangeline region of Prince Edward Island. The incident happened following a dance at Evangeline Recre- Recreation Center in Abram Village. That was part of a weekend-long Acadian Festival. RCMP Corporal Travis Gallant said police received a call about an attack at Saturday. He said two people were transported to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Gallant said no more details could be shared. Jelen Gallant, president of the Agricultural Exhibition of Acadian Festival, said she's heartbroken. I'm really saddened to announce that there's true that there was an incident here. The community is in shock. Gallant said she was inside the recreation center where the incident took place and didn't see what happened. She said one of the victims was a volunteer at the festival Saturday night or uh, Tuesday night and Thursday. They're absolutely wonderful people. It breaks my heart, said Gallant. Gallant said she doesn't know the second victim, but knows their spouse. 
She said it's unknown how many people were involved in the incident. The minute we have details and the minute we know the names, we'll share that information with RCMP because we want to help them find the culprits and bring them to justice. <laughs> At least one of the injured people is an employee of the Palm Renette Educational Center located about a kilometer away from the Evangeline Center. Some employees of our center and their families were victims of criminal acts and intimidation. The daycare later decided to close for the week in the wake of the incident. We are aware of the impacts of the closure and we apologize for any inconvenience. Counseling services will be offered to our staff and their families during this time. That's what you're going to see in a woke world. You have no idea if it's a stabbing, a shooting, it's an incident, everyone's in shock, and you have no details, and apparently the two people are at large, and that's what you're going to get. Was an axe involved? We don't, we don't we know. Don't, we, we have don't no know. clue, but it's apparently important and newsworthy enough to go ahead and report on. Like, this is what you get in the woke world of the Northwest. Okay. And in Seattle, oh, it, things are terrible up there. It's so bad. Dowd, they have 54 murders to date. August had one of their worst months ever in the city of Seattle with 11 homicides. No, no summer of love this year, I guess. Yeah. Apparently only 54, but uh, we say only 54 because in Albuquerque, we're 109 or 94 if you're looking at the official APD numbers, including this weekend. So they're talking about this ramp up in crime. Now, Washington state is for all intents and purposes, no way you look at it top down side to side. It's blue, 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 blue. And we're starting to look at polls and numbers. Republican candidate Tiffany Smiley is up 17 points in the latest polling doubt. She's risen 17 points. She's not up over Patty Murray by seven. If we lived in that world, it's a, it's a poorly written headline. She's closed the gap. With Senator Patty Murray, who's been a senator since 1992. Patty Murray, Eddie, if you recall your Clarence Thomas history, she was that class of women who stormed the Senate. Remember all, you know, all the Gloria Steinem headlines and, and, and all the coverage and, and all the political journals. Uh, Patty Murray was the mom, the soccer mom and sneakers going to go to Washington and show those senators who mistreated Anita Hill uh, what it's like when the women take the reins of government. Patty Murray is, a, is as much an institution in Washington state as Ted Kennedy was in Massachusetts and her opponent, a very attractive blonde woman has closed the gap to within something like four, points. three points, three points. In yeah, a it is, it is 2.9 to be exact. 30 40, year incumbent, 49.2% and smiley at 46.3%, 1,087 Trafalgar group numbers. So they, you know that they're accurate. They're the ones who predicted Donald Trump's victory when he got it in 2016. The only person uh, to get it, they break down all the demographics and everything. And she is looking to debate. She's very attractive and apparently not well known. But according to the latest numbers in terms of both the sampling size that they had, the response rate, uh, when you look at the amount of money that's raised, she is competitive. Now, that wasn't even on the map. Now that's possibly one of the races to follow now, one of eight races to follow. We'll, we'll get to the, both the house and the Senate races that you need to keep track of. And I'm predicting, uh, there's probably going to be a 15, uh, to 20 member turnaround in the house. And it's going to be a 52 48 Senate. And I'll talk about that more. Kelly leading masters by three points in Arizona Senate race poll, by the way, uh, one of the favorite books of Elon Musk, uh, for those uh, bluers uh, out there, is one that's written by Masters. And uh, what's that guy's name? Peter Thiel. Peter oh, yeah. Thiel. Yeah. Arizona Democratic Senator Mark Kelly leading Republican challenger Masters by only three points 
That is an increasingly blue state. Now, the only thing that uh, Kelly has to do is sort of served a half a term in all of this. And uh, he is attempting to sort of gaslight his entire population. But remember, you're going to have all the conservative uh, plus the Carrie Lake uh, gubernatorial race, which is going to all work, I think, towards Masters' favor. Plus, he's got the Trump backing. That's going to be huge. You cannot win as a Republican without the backing of Donald Trump, especially with those numbers at what was it, 192 to 11, uh, I think is where we are right now. Now, I can't say that uh, for, and we'll talk about Alaska in our next segment of Sarah Palin, but that had more to do with uh, ranked choice voting. So we'll get to that. So Arizona looking pretty good uh, when it comes to looking at our good friend, Lexalt. Uh, yes, he is ahead just by a little bit, just by a little bit, by about two and a half points. And uh, Luxalt, the son of uh, Pete Domenici, uh, now I guess we can say the proud son of Pete Domenici, the late great uh, St. Pete. Uh, uh, just speaking as sure. an on-site reporter for the KIV listening audience, Eddie, uh, on-site uh, several days in Nevada recently, a lot of Luxalt signs. Yeah, there so you go. He's got some big mo, I think. The gubernatorial race, I actually am directly connected to this. The lady who worked across is the wife. Her name was Donna Alderson. She's now Donna Lombardo. Uh, she worked right next to me over at CB Richard Ellis, CBRE. She was the top industrial broker, and I did several deals with uh, Donna Alderson. So she's a bright lady. She's married to Lombardo. They got married like in the last five years. Uh, she was our top industrial broker in the place uh lombardo uh closing the gap to uh what's his name sisalak yes and uh sisalak uh we'll talk more about las vegas during our third hour uh, according to the uh latest numbers 41 38 and then you stick a lot of these uh i guess libertarians are getting involved and just enough for the gap to get closed uh, this would be one where we would would absolutely be able to close here in new mexico i don't know anywhere you can find a libertarian getting involved they're screwing things up folks uh, this is one of those years where we need them to move out of the way, but hey, they are certainly enjoy their right to go ahead and campaign as much as they want. We're not going to rob them of that, but they are not helping things uh, whatsoever for the Republicans on, on this year. So Nevada looking pretty good. Uh, Luxalt likely will go to Washington, D.C. and uh, follow his father. Did uh, Domenici and, and Luxalt ever meet? Do, do you happen to know? Ooh. Good question. That'd be a good question. I'd uh, like of course, to know that. Don't, what, what's going to help Adam out there is the Laxalt family. Remember that Paul Laxalt was uh, Reagan's best friend in the U.S. Senate back in the 80s. That family is a Basque family that goes way, way, way back many, many decades in Nevada. So uh, being associated with that political family could help him. Uh, I don't make a prediction. I mean, Nevada's gone pretty blue lately, but uh, the fact that they're within just a few points means I think it's, it's very competitive. So Walker, uh, Herschel, uh, the Lake... Uh, Herschel Walker, 1983 Heisman Trophy winner. He has a uh, lead over Warnock right now. And I think you're going to start to see that to uh, that increase just a little bit, especially not just football season, but uh, given the things that have happened with, with Raphael Warnock. Now, one of the sort of things that are working against Herschel is he doesn't have a whole lot of support for some reason. Um, Warnock has a lot of support within his party. Uh, Herschel could certainly use a lot more support from Republicans. He seems to be a bit, uh, I guess, divided because he has such strong Trump support and mm -hmm. there's still that division within Georgia. So hopefully the Republicans in Georgia will be able to come together 
uh, on all and, that. And Eddie, just personally, I'm not a big, uh, you know, Bible thumping guy, but sure. I am rooting for Herschel Walker because the, the big political professionals in Washington wrote him off a couple months ago when the polling started to look bad for him. And I've become Herschel Walker's biggest fan. I just want to see those people proven wrong. Absolutely. And Florida, not looking good for Marco Rubio. Uh, the woman who is lesser known than Marco Rubio, and well, Rhino's uh, a lot of people calling Marco Rubio a rhino. Val Demings uh, is uh, within three points of Marco Rubio. That would be devastating because we're counting on Marco Rubio to bring that home, especially as a former presidential candidate. Uh, we need to have that. I think he's been very good in the last year and a half, uh, absent of of Donald Trump. And so the impact research has 3.5 percentage point margin of error, which uh, could put Val Demings uh, certainly uh, in Washington, D.C. So a lot of people will be watching what's happening in Florida. And finally, in uh, New York, Lee Zeldin, uh, he was on earlier on Hannity. Uh, he's within four points wow. by Kathy Hochul. Uh, so I, I, I don't think that that's that surprising. I think the incident worked in his favor. Uh, doubt, you know, what oh, had the they, assault, they, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that happened to him. And then uh, let, let's not forget, I think Hochul had to replace Cuomo. Right. And I, I think a lot of people are very disenchanted. A lot of New Yorkers have picked up and left Florida. We'll talk about that during our third hour uh, or picked up and left New York or Florida. Florida. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. About 7.5% of all the people who live in Florida were born in New York. So that's a uh, an opportunity to go ahead and uh, take out the governor of New York Maybe a second time. So that could also be uh, very exciting. So I think the map looks good. You should feel confident. I think everybody needs to think a little bit more positively kind of going into this midterm election than they are. Uh, I think it did not work in their favor. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva. Here in the Kiva, the Dow 3000 in studio this afternoon. If you watch us on Roku TV, make sure, make sure that you check us out. And I think things look pretty good uh, for the midterms. Again, I'm going to call a, a it's, it's an easy prediction, I think, for the House. I think uh, everything that has was attempted last week, and we'll talk about that in our second hour, has been removed. A little bit of momentum that the Democrats were gaining during a very tired, a time when people weren't paying attention, people were checking out. End of October, wasn't surprising to see some of the numbers actually go up for Biden because everybody was checked out. I mean, let's just face it. Uh, I think it was an attempt to sort of uh, circumvent the the real problems here in this country uh, by a way of the media. And it hasn't worked. And I think uh, 2024 could have Trump gnome. I think that uh, if it's not Trump DeSantis, it's going to be a Trump gnome ticket. Christy gnome actually is uh, being touted as a potential next presidential candidate in the event that something should happen to Donald Trump. Now, in my opinion, based upon where we're at and given what we saw on Saturday with Donald Trump, there's uh, an impossibility of that happen. But I'd love to see a Trump gnome uh, presidency uh, going into 2024. The South Dakota governor uh, doing a lot of media shots, promoting her book. I'm not sure if you've picked it up. She jumped uh, 14 spots in a U-Haul growth index at number 11 among states attracting inbound movers. I think says positivity like that, not to mention the state would stay red regardless of how things uh, uh, seem to be going everywhere else in the world. People moving to Texas, of course, Florida, but not a whole lot of people talking about, you know, South Dakota, Nebraska, Oklahoma, but they will be 
And we'll talk about that uh, in this segment because ranked choice voting is a problem. I believe that Donald Trump will likely be president again. I think a lot of good things are going to be happening between now and the midterm election. It's it, it, what I saw on Saturday, and we're going to play that during our fourth hour. You're going to get the 45-minute speech and the rally packed brim to brim with people there was absolutely incredible. It was uh, Trump, his first appearance after Mar-a-Lago invasion, uh, his first appearance after that whatever you call last Thursday night uh, uh, type of speech. Uh, I think you're going to start to see more of the momentum continue to shift in Donald Trump's favor, uh, kicking off with the special master uh, being appointed. Now, with all that being said, (laughs) there are state-to-state elections, and the Democrats are working very, very hard. And they're not working just when... People are running for office. It's not a message that they can win on anymore, but if they can change the rules of the game. There's two things that Democrats are advocating for. One is open primaries. And the second thing, and the most lethal thing, and they have it up for the mayorship in Santa Fe, ranked choice voting. Now, I looked at these numbers, Dowd. Um, These numbers uh, sort of jumped off the page at me because... I saw win after win after win from every Republican out there. 54, 42, 56, you know, 38. I mean, it's like every one was a Republican win. It's like, how in the hell did one of the most recognizable people lose to someone I've never even heard before? (laughs) It is ranked cheating is what it is. And this should be a warning sign for everybody out there that wants to know more about voting. Having one round, two, nine rounds to vote. You ever heard of, uh, what is this lady? Uh, Alaska elects its first Alaska native. See, oh, make history. We got our first Alaska native doubt. It's very she exciting. Scandinavian too, like, uh, like our own, our very own. <laughs> they do mention, they do mention this article, uh, Sarah Palin. I mean, excuse me, Deb Holland. How do, how could I confuse those, confuse those two people? That's uh, impossible. I mean, I, uh, anyway, Mary Pal- Paltola, I want to say Palota, Mary Paltola defeated Sarah Palin. Despite the fact that Sarah Palin literally had to go through several rounds and had won basically every single time. And Tom Cotton went off and they're going after Tom Cotton in this article. And this whole thing is just slander. Top to bottom. And it's a celebration of woke politics. Uh, Esquire magazine. You always have to pick up and read this and see what people are, are thinking about. Okay. She edged out two formidable Republican challengers. Alaska governor Sarah Palin to serve the remainder of Don Young's seat. Now you remember he passed. The win came a week after Pat Ryan prevailed against Republican Mark Molinaro in New York special election. So New York would probably like to go to uh, uh, ranked choice voting as well. The Republican Party has some work to do. Well, this is where they do their work, preventing these things happening during off years like 2023, 2025, 2027. Uh, this is why they need to be involved in municipal elections and statewide elections uh, when it comes to these things. And you know, really challenge these. We need to lawyer up at these at, at this point because ranked choice voting will be the end of the Republican Party unless we're running. I don't know how many candidates, but that's what we're going to need to do. A progressive voting system, the Daily Caller writes. By the way, I do like Daily Caller a hell of a lot better than Daily Wire. See that fracas that happened with uh, 
I think they're writing off uh, Ben Shapiro over at uh, Cumulus uh, Media, oh, wow. by the way. Yeah, because uh, he's starting to show up, and I, I don't know what all's going on, but it's uh, all sorts of, of, of no good. Um, this progressive voting system, and I know that you've done a lot of things on this uh, doubt in the past and probably aren't interested in, in ranked choice voting, um, is the very thing that is going to continue to hamper us. Uh, Tom Cotton says it's, it's a scam. Maine adopted a system in 2018. Ranked choice voting delivers Democrats a House seat. Okay. Um, second congressional district Republican Bruce Poliquin lost. Okay. Ranked choice voting, according to James Gadursky, says is one of the stupidest things we as a democracy have ever experimented with. And that's saying a lot. All right. Uh, this is on the ballot in November. You have to prevent this from happening. This, this would be sort of like, if the Democrats put this like any bond, every single bond with the exception of the soccer stadium and I think the sugar tax up in Santa Fe and something else in the 90s, every single bond seemingly has ever passed. These voting initiatives and anything having to do for the employee, for the people, for the, I don't know, for a fairer election, these are the types of things that they try to get on the ballot to get them to get passed. And it's bad. Uh, they try this in Australia. The Liberal Labor Party won. Okay, they use this in Europe. <laughs> the Liberals won there with uh, ranked choice voting as well. And then Tyler Boyer puts this out: a map of what if you had ranked choice voting and independent redistricting commissions in every single state. The entire country would be three eighty one to one fifty seven. Now I haven't uh, checked all of this kind of stuff out, but. It made sense. You'd only have a certain number of states, a handful of states that would be red. Montana, Wyoming, Nebraska, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi. That was interesting. Iowa, Indiana, lowest unemployment rate besides Nebraska, Kentucky, West Virginia. West Virginia is also very interesting, much like Mississippi. Why can't New Mexico jump on board with that? Well, that's a, a subject for another time. For Trumpists, no system that results in a Republican defeat can be considered legitimate. Yeah, that's what we do think. Okay based upon what we saw in 2020 and based upon anything involving the ranked choice voting. It is absolutely no good for us. So we have to pay attention to that. Republican Party needs to be involved uh, with anything, uh, any fight against uh, ranked choice voting. I would be prepared to see something like that happen uh, or to be introduced uh, very soon here in Albuquerque, Dowd. Yeah, I mean, it's the leftists uh, love ranked choice voting. They couch it in this terms of, uh, oh, why does it have to be this binary system where you have to pick the lesser of two evils? This really empowers voters. Uh, get to give it to the Heritage Foundation because they've been on this for a long, long time. Let's just take a quick look at the mechanics of this. You get a list of candidates. You rate your number one choice, your number two, your number three, can, you know, down to nine or 17 or, or 38. Okay, uh, in many cases in that system, uh, no one candidate is chosen at the, as the top selection by a majority. Then the candidate who received the lowest amount of votes, no matter how many candidates are on that list, they're auto, he or she is automatic, or they or they or them, automatically eliminated uh, at the bottom. And the voters who chose the candidate as their top choice, uh, that candidate as their top choice, are automatically counted as placing their second choice as their top choice. So that's when they keep talking about these rounds. But through something called ballot exclusion, a lot of voters who didn't put numbers next to every candidate, and again, you, you can have a lot of candidates, uh, a lot of key. voters who only say, here's number one and here's my number two, have their voices unheard in an election because of the system. Let, let me clarify that for a sec. It's sort of like the Republicans, well, I've got my guy. I'm only going right. to vote for him over and over, and I don't like any of the other right. guys, so I'm just going to go right. with number one and number one. 
your guy would lose yeah, every yeah. time. And, and, and that's what happens. If a voter only ranks uh, two, say, out of five candidates, let's keep it real simple because uh, it can get more complicated on the ballot. Those two candidates do not make it to the final round. There's no third candidate there because they only marked one and two. So those votes don't count in the final round. So it's in a way, depending on how the process works out, you're disenfranchising voters, you're not really empowering voters. And in a lot of these elections, it's, uh, it does seem to work more to the left's advantage than to the right's advantage. So again, more gimmicks from the left. And uh, Eddie, that's why I don't like citizen initiatives because we have enough government. We don't want people thinking more about government. We hire people to take care of this stuff. Don't complicate my life. Uh, I don't think there was anything wrong with the winner-take-all system. We've, we've had that for centuries. And, and uh, the ideological benefit of this, it's, it's it sells a little to me. So uh, we, I think we know what, what's really going on. I'm also interested in pluralities, too. I don't believe in uh, having after, you know, if you needed 50 to get it. Whoever right. comes in first. I mean, if it's 38, yep. if it's 35 and you got the most, I think, you know, Clinton at that point. 43% of the vote in 1990. Yeah. And he was president. <laughs> and there was no, no great protest. Exactly. 550, 500. Well, I'll talk about why we will take the House and the Senate by two seats uh, when we return. We're trying to improve the accuracy of the uh, pollsters uh, all around. I think you could throw out a lot of these polls. It also include uh, Sanders, despite, uh, I think, his accuracy uh, over time. I think the margin of error should probably be shrunk a little bit. His sample size should be increased. Uh, I think if you went double, that sample size would have been far less. I think you would have seen far more people for uh, the candidates, Mark Ronchetti. And, uh, you know, there's still the libertarian in there, and that it would be... Aaron Bedoni, the former Republican, the lifelong Republican, uh, now running as a liberal. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva. We'll talk about this when we return. here in the Kiva. Well, Pennsylvania is where both Biden and Donald Trump were on uh, Saturday and Thursday. I guess I guess I guess Biden went back yesterday with Fetterman. Fetterman didn't show up uh, for the uh, <coughs> unbelievable speech last Thursday, which was totally stupid. We'll get to that uh, to kick off hour two. So nobody is more divisive than these Democrats. Boy, they just, they can't stop, won't stop. It's a little bit ridiculous, but we've got an election to get to. And I think it looks good. Do you remember the, uh, the deplorables? That didn't work out too well. Now did it, right? Calling us the deplorables. How did that work out? People just naturally gravitated towards the Republicans because people don't like the name calling. They don't like, you're in control. You should be comfortable. You own the executive, you own the legislative, uh, really both sides with Kamala um, making the, the deciding vote uh, on the, in the Senate. And the only thing we have is the judicial, and that's what you're getting all upset about. There isn't going to be any sort of uh, blue wall that's going to prevent, I think, a significant number of takedowns in the House and the Senate uh, for the Republicans. I think it's going to be about a gain of uh, three, uh, two to three for the Senate. So, the pollsters are trying to steer you in a certain way. They're either trying to get you not to vote or trying to get you to work a lot harder in some cases um, or to feel comfortable with uh, where you're at and get off of messaging, which is exactly what's happened with the Democrats. Now, the Democrats have 
felt pretty good. They thought that they knew what was going on. They had a pulse on things, but nobody cares about climate change. I think it's like six, 7% of the people actually care about it. Even that. in so, New Mexico, 13 out of 13 in a recent poll in terms yeah. of importance issues. I think uh, COVID, nobody cares about COVID. I think it's one in four. You know, people aren't paying attention to that. Uh, if you work for Source New Mexico, you're very concerned about COVID, but that's, how, a, that's a limited group. That's how about that article, Dow? Do you saw that Source New Mexico article where it's, uh, why isn't everybody masking up? <laughs> it's hilarious. We'll talk about that uh, tomorrow. So, Wall Street Journal, do you approve or disapprove of the Joe, uh, job Joe Biden is doing on each of the following? The approval ratings, he only got one that was over 50, and that was lowering drug prices. Now, we all know who was responsible for lowering drug prices first and fighting big pharma first, and that would be Donald Trump. Now, you just have to remind them of that, okay? Go back, grab the policies, remind people of that, and that's a win. So if you're walking and knocking, that's what you need to do. Go back and pull that. We'll, we'll definitely do a segment on that so that you have the original fighter against Big Pharma and against, I don't know, every woke organization. What, what is it? The, 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 the American Medical Association, which is like 90% Democrat. How about, how about handling inflation and rising costs? Joe Biden's only got a 38% approval rating. Nearly 60% disapprove. You want to win? Talk about how expensive things are. You want to talk about how it's unbearable at this point, right? I mean, for a lot of people, groceries rising 13.4% in the month of June. How about securing the border? Who's talking about immigration? Certainly not the Democrats. Boy, In fact, uh, the disapproval rating is nearly 60% as well. The approval rating for Joe Biden is under 35%. Immigration is not yet on the table. Why aren't we talking about it here in the gubernatorial election? Oh, we don't want to offend anybody. Talk about it. Okay. Nationwide, it is something to discuss. You have a lack of resources and you can't satisfy the new people coming in. By the way, it's not, we'll talk about this uh, tomorrow. Not mostly people from Mexico or Honduras or Guatemala. There's more than a hundred countries that are feeding and coming in to the United States. And finally, the most important one, fighting crime, 52% disapprove. That's the easiest one because you can go city by city. It's local. It's national. It's easy. Okay. Pollsters haven't figured out a way to kind of, who knows what questions they're asking. How do they even know? Like this whole thing where you're getting gaslit that Michelle Lujan Grisham is sending in the FBI. We're cracking down on crime. Like, like we just have to look at the numbers, lady. We've lived for the last four years. Lockdown or no lockdown. You and Tim suck. It's terrible. We're living in a hellhole. Thank you. Appreciate that. I will not be voting for you. Okay. Now, How about student debt? The giveaways, trying to buy the vote. Mark Ronchetti launching his education initiative today. I haven't delved into that, but we will get into that. All about, well, uh, the education isn't worth much, so that's why they decided to go ahead and cancel your debt. And you aren't going to be using it. Most of you don't use your majors and whatever you decided to go ahead and get them in towards something that's useful, right? I I forget. It's like only one in four actually use their majors for something that they're currently employed in. Why forgive all of that? And by the way, Joe Biden lied to you. It's not $500 billion the cost. The cost is $1 trillion. That coming by an assessment through the Wall Street Journal. Warden School had it at $500 billion price tag. Okay. What happened to all that money that we just passed and approved in the Schumer bill? $540 billion. Are we going to fight inflation? No, you just uh, increased inflation even further. We'll see those numbers start to come out. We'll see a three-quarter point interest rate increase. That's a big win again for the Republicans. So take a deep breath, feel good. All the news will be working towards 
helping the Republicans. And there's no other going to be 11th hour other than trying to arrest Donald Trump at this point. And I think, again, that will just, much like calling us deplorables or calling us fascists or Nazis or arresting Donald Trump, that's going to work in our favor. Remember, they're helping us with all this. Now, where you can see this working out is in the speeches that were given on Thursday and Saturday by Donald Trump. And you saw an unbelievable speech by Donald Trump. (laughs) We're going to play it in hour four. Now, that's where Biden is from. Scranton Joe is what they're calling him. He's been there. He's been there more than any other place besides Delaware at this point. Fetterman didn't even show up. Fetterman's not going to debate. You have to be pulling for Dr. Oz at this point because you really want some slouchy looking guy looking like Fetterman, uh, a tub of fun, 300 plus pounds, big. He can't uh, he can't do anything. Mommy and daddy's money can buy you a lot of food, apparently. But apparently they're not going to buy you an election despite uh being able to be likable and having people feel sorry for him because I think he had a stroke. Yep. Is that not? Uh, he's a little slow, right? Uh, His brain but, actually figured out how stupid it was and, <laughs> and, it, and it caused a medical event in the man's life. It is very likely at this point. And in fact, I'm going to call the uh, Pennsylvania for Dr. Oz if it were a fair election. Notice a little caveat there. I think that that's. Uh, important. Here's the races that we have to be paying attention to. And the Hill did a good breakdown of that. Pennsylvania. Okay. I don't actually think we'll come out with that. I think the cheating will continue in Pennsylvania and uh, Fetterman, uh, given the polls where we're at, that we'll we'll lose that seat because Pat Toomey is uh, currently in there. Ohio. I think that will stay Republican. That is, uh, I think that looks good. J.D. Vance uh, will likely advance there. So that looks good. Georgia, by the slimmest of margins, I think Herschel Walker uh, gets out. So I think Warnock loses. That's a a plus one for us. Uh, So we keep one, plus one on top of that. Arizona, boy, this is a lot like Pennsylvania at this point. And uh, you've got Kelly, you've got the Arizona operatives. You've got West Phoenix. I I know that part well. I lived in Avondale for a time. Long story short, I think Kelly ends up coming out by maybe half a point. I think more cheating. It's going to be a lot like what we saw in Wisconsin. Luxalt, that'll change D to R. So I think you're going to see Luxalt uh, win. I think he's got a, what, three and a half, four point uh, win right now. And uh, he is out being outraised by Catherine Cortez Masto, which is, I think, Nevada's first uh, Latina mm-hmm. uh, uh, up in the Senate. And then Wisconsin, Ron Johnson will hold on to that. So that's a two plus. Here's the big one. Here's where we get the additional one. Senator Maggie Hassan will lose her seat uh, to uh, Brigadier General Don Bolduc. And they're about to have their primary, I guess, uh, this next week. Yeah, they're finally getting around to it up in New Hampshire. Yeah, I think the strength in New Hampshire, and much like what we see in New Hampshire, I think will eventually and hopefully happen here in the state of New Mexico. So I think... You're looking at the, uh, that's where the plus three comes from with uh, Don Book. So flip two seats and uh, maintain where we are. And that puts us at 52-48. So that's the math, everybody. Uh, I think if it were a fair election in Pennsylvania, Oz would pull it out. I think Fetterman is 
likely going to be your your guy, even though I think the Republican will, would or could pull it out in Pennsylvania, especially when it comes to the angry rural voters mm. of uh, Pennsylvania. I gotta believe in Pennsylvania, like a good line of attack on Fetterman, Fetterman exposing his phony populism, that's got to work in a lot of places in the Keystone State. You would think, yeah, you would think it worked, but uh, it let's take your text uh, very quickly. Let me rifle through everything that's coming into the Kiva. There's a lot. Eddie, so why don't the Republicans do the same thing the Democrats do? Allow voters to change their ranked choice voting balance if they didn't complete them with all the rankings. The Dems are always changing ballots after the election day. I'm not sure that it works that way, G-Man, but good one. Eddie in doubt sounds to me like ranked choice voting would also wear down a voter who just wants to vote once for the candidate of choice. And yes. then if it keeps going for more, the voter themselves will be discouraged and quit. Yes. Thus, their candidate loses because of frustration and lack of knowledge in the process. Yes. We've got to keep our eyes on that uh, doubt going yeah. forward. Yeah. Uh, lunch? Yeah, sure. Uh, Eddie, do the Democrats who promote voting for the first female and that vote for Sarah Palin, the first female vice president? No, no, yeah, no, no, no. a good point. Well, the problem is, is they just wanted to vote for Sarah Palin and Sarah Palin and then Sarah Palin. And one more time, Sarah Palin. That's the problem. Uh, Eddie, maybe a reason for the 87,000 new IRS agents. If the Bite Me administration puts a tax stamp on military type weapons, similar to what is on class three, some of the demonic rats could possibly get through Congress if they win. Then all the patriots refuse to register their weapons would be considered tax scofflaws subject to IRS collections. They got the list of weapons already. You just need to eliminate the low-hanging fruits first. Uh, one of the reasons uh, I'm not a concealed carry actual holder, right. but I've taken the class. So I think is uh, uh, good. Yes, it uh, looks like I'm going on a field trip Friday. Eddie, just heard on TV, PBS News, our stock market down again. What a surprise. And finally, Trevor, the only thing that was missing from Joe Biden's speech with the red background was the swastika. And we'll kick it off there to kick off hour two just for you here in the ABQ. We'll talk about how Trump Trump owns Motown Philly. The FBI just wants to be loved. Ray uh, seems to be getting pushed out. A little uh, space break at the bottom of the hour. And the new Thatcher all up next here. Hour one in the Bex. Hour two just for you here in the ABQ and re Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 rockoftalk.com. Hour two coming at you here for the ABQ. And it's a good one, folks. I'm feeling uh, pretty good. Don't forget, we have doubt at the bottom of the hour with the uh, space. And we'll talk about that uh, momentarily. But before we do, we've got something to celebrate. Yes, we got our special master. Uh, and this is uh, pretty good. Now, you might recall uh, Donald Trump, and this is exciting stuff because it's something that he requested. No word on whether or not what he actually requested uh, and, and what was confirmed was there on the day that he gave the speech on Saturday. So we'll have to wait to see whether or not he knew. But it certainly sounds like he may have already have known. Uh, I don't think that he got that information uh, leaked to him, but uh, this is good. The judge has uh, now granted... Folks, Donald Trump's request for an independent review of Mar-a-Lago documents. He asked the court to appoint the independent attorney to review the material. Federal agents seized on August 8th from the storage room in the former president's office. The search came after months of discussions between Trump's reps and the government failed to satisfy authorities that all national security documents had been transferred to the National Archive. 
This is a significant win for Donald Trump. Even CNN is saying that. I couldn't even believe that. Tough day in Atlanta. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Cannon uh, uh, brought uh, bought into the skepticism they're writing. Listen to this of Trump's lawyers raised about the unprecedented search of the Florida resort as they question whether investigators could be trusted to properly filter through the thousands of documents that were seized. Here's uh, Donald Trump on Saturday. Here's what he sounded like. You'll hear it in its entirety uh, in during uh, hour number four this afternoon. Right. I think Philadelphia was a great choice to make this speech of hatred and anger. His speech was hatred and anger. By the way, the next morning he forgot what he said. You saw that. They asked him about, oh, I didn't think I said that, did I? Oh, no. How'd you like the red lighting behind him like the devil? Oh, so good. But Philadelphia was a great choice because the city is being devastated under Democrat rule. Devastated. Hate to tell you, we love Pennsylvania. I went to school in Philadelphia. What's happening to Philadelphia? 14 people were shot last weekend in Philadelphia. 14. And the fake news will go out and check. Oh, that's a lot of fake news. Whoa. Of course, he does his uh, thing where he looks out to the news. Uh, Not in the fake news audience was neither Fox News or CBS News, folks. They decided not to cover Donald Trump's speech. Yeah, that's uh, that's correct. Well, he's a they, criminal. Yeah, they did decide to go ahead and cover, of course, uh, Biden's speech. Um, I think there was two agencies that covered all, not on prime time, uh, but you know, there you go. They're all embarrassed because they knew that Joe Biden would be doing his best imitation of Donald Trump, and it didn't work. That's right, folks. Um, you might remember back in 2016 when they called us the deplorables. Now we're the fascists. And it does not work well. It doesn't look good for the Democrats. For they always seem to be, you know, nicer, virtue signaling, telling us about understanding and harmony and breakdown and diversity and all these wonderful things. They're the ones who have been doing the political violence over the last four years during the shutdowns, the stripping down of statues, the looting. Uh, you know, deciding to go ahead and uh, attack political candidates. Uh, certainly in New York. I mean, on and on. It's all projecting that's been coming from the left. And they're now recognizing it because they were all over the Sunday news the day after Donald Trump's speech. They weren't talking about, oh, you know, this was a, a great moment for Joe Biden. Donald Trump gave his first speech after Mar-a-Lago and his first speech after the Joe Biden speech and everything else that's happened. And before the special master gets announced, he gives his speech and they're already walking everything back. A reporter confronting White House has Biden given up on 70 million voters. Raditz confronted White House advisor Keisha Lance Bottoms. Remember her, right? On whether President Joe Biden has given up on the Republican voters, Raddatz's question comes as Biden decried, I won't even play his voice, MAGA Republicans during a speech at the Philadelphia Independence Hall. In his speech, he stated, Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent extremism that threatens the very foundations of our Republicans. Not a nice guy. I wonder what he sounded like the next day. Well, of course, uh, we can always uh, trust the one person we can trust at, at Fox. There's only one, by the way. And uh, it is not um, <clears throat> his dad. It's uh, actually uh, Peter Ducey. Here's what they were saying Friday morning. Here's the rhetoric Friday morning from CNN. Feeling good. 
pumping their chest, going into the weekend. We're going to take Donald Trump down. He's going to prison. This is what it sounded like for them. Weird speech. And he also referred to uh, members of the FBI, uh, Department of Justice, as uh, vicious monsters, quote unquote, vicious monsters. Uh, You've looked at, along with the committee, uh, Trump's rhetoric leading up to January 6th. Do you think that kind of rhetoric uh, is more incitement, essentially? Well, potentially, yes. Uh, In the lead up to January 6th, there were uh, there was a Uh, extravagant claims made uh, meant to inflame public opinion and that is what is happening here although I think it's meant to turn people against uh, law enforcement officers Wow! and we've seen back the blue is suddenly we're trying to attack the police (laughs) you hear this uh, double speak that's going on it's all psychologically working on the people and people are just tiring that's Zoe Lofgren a Democrat I believe that uh, she is from New York she's a uh, absolutely disgusting creature. Uh, just to look at her. Here's Joe Biden the day after he gave that speech. And remember, what did Donald Trump said? Yeah, he forgot about it. And here's why Peter Ducey uh, confronting him. This is good, ladies and gentlemen, because Joe Biden's trying to get it out. That sounds not coming through too good. Here's what he basically said. Um, See if I can uh, find his remarks exactly. When people voted for Donald Trump to support him now, they were voting for, they weren't voting for attacking the Capitol. They weren't voting for overruling an election. They were voting for a philosophy he put forward. So I'm not talking about anything other than that it is inappropriate and it is not only happening here, but other parts of the world. The failure to recognize and condemn violence whenever it's used for political purposes, failure to condemn, attempt to manipulate electoral outcomes, failure to acknowledge when elections were won or lost. That is all on the Democrats at this point. Now, how are we feeling about all this? We go to church, we have families, we go to school, we participate, we want to work, we want to open up business, we pay our taxes, we do everything that we're supposed to do, right? We do all the things that they ask us to do, top to bottom. And they're vilifying us. We believe in God. We try to do our very best to always be there for our children. We, we, we donate to charities. We do all these wonderful things. Are we really that bad? I think the American people aren't going to think so. And that's why we're going to win the House. And that's why we're going to win the Senate. And very likely, I think you're going to be looking at Biden being pushed out by his own people after. I think there's two camps after the elections. Those two camps, I think, are fighting internally on the Democrat side. It's just not very visible. The rhinos, uh, you know, attack the, the, the Trumpsters and the Trumpsters attack the rhinos explicitly. Implicitly, the war that's happening right now inside the White House, I think, continues. I think there's a battle, not for the soul of the country, but for the soul of the Democratic Party. They don't know who they want to be, but they know that who will beat them is Donald Trump, both in 2022 and in 2024, if things continue this way. And there's no reason to think that they won't. There's nothing between now 
and the election that I can see happening other than some sort of surprise or other than, than some sort of, you know, thing that happens, which is sort of unspeakable, like a 9-11 type event uh, that would that could possibly create something. 550-5500. That's 550-5500. When we return, there's uh, no love for the FBI. People don't feel love for the FBI and the FBI just wants to be loved. We'll talk about Ray. We'll talk about Hunter and all the other people. Five eighteen here in the Kiva. Uh, don't forget, folks. When we start our show, it's news at eleven in London, and news at six in New York City, and. Uh, New news in paradise. That would be Kauai, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, they're starting their next morning in Shanghai. Uh, Just so you know, it's kind of a cool thing. Uh, As I'm thinking more about other things, we'll get to more about that uh, a little bit later. You've noticed that there'll there'll be like a different sound to the station in addition to the show. And the show's moving very differently uh, now as well. And you see the topics that we're tackling. You know, some of this this stuff locally seems to be unsolvable sometimes, uh, folks. (laughs) I really hate to say, uh, Dowd and I sometimes feel, right, Dowd, that we're just banging our head against the wall. Not a lot of daylight between the two of us on that issue. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair to say. So uh, we do what we can, but uh, New Mexico is getting what it deserves, and it might get it again, if, especially if they choose the ranked choice voting. You know how you know the point to leave New Mexico? Let me tell you when it is. Uh, we've already adopted the national popular vote here in the state of New Mexico. Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> If they adopt ranked choice voting in the state of New Mexico, pack your bags, folks. Pick up and leave. Um, it's over. It's all over, but uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham, you know, singing. Oh, that would be a sight. She loves dancing, though. You can watch plenty of her dancing. Boots, yeah, she, she loves dancing. She loves getting out there. She thinks she's the coolest uh, thing. A fun fact, though, Eddie, uh, mentioned yeah. earlier in the show, uh, mm. Steve Sisolak, current blue Democrat governor of uh-huh. Nevada, vetoed. All right, this is how this is how insane government in New Mexico is where all the powers that be embraced uh, throwing away our electoral college votes. Steve Sislak, Democrat governor of Nevada, a booming state vetoed his legislature's passage of the throwing away of their electoral votes with the national popular vote movement because he said no presidential candidate will ever care about Nevada again. And we want them to keep coming here. I mean, apparently the not guy all had his enough brain. good sense to veto that as a Democrat, which of course MLG never would come close to having enough good sense. One of the things that uh, the Democrats love here is they love the FBI. They love the, the criminals love the FBI here. Um, you know, it, we'll, we'll get more into that report. A hundred and out of 600 and some odd pages or 160 pages, whatever it happened to be. I happen to check into most of that stuff, but the FBI uh, per capita, more FBI people here than ever. And they're not feeling too much love nationally folks. Um, apparently the FBI whistleblowers, they continue to come out and remember they will be the ones who save this country just like they did it before. They'll do it again. Kurt Suzdak, a lawyer who is a former FBI agent, told the Washington Times that the bureau personnel are getting fed up with Director Ray. Oh, what's he doing? What's he doing all the we just everything's in a mess. I'm hearing from FBI personnel that they feel like the director has lost control of the bureau. 
How does this guy survive? He's leaving. He's got to leave. They've lost confidence. All Ray do is go in and say, we need more training and we're doing stuff about it and we'll not tolerate it. Da, 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 and people are retiring. Okay. Now, <coughs> Tim Tebow, T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T-S. He was in charge of Bobolinsky. <laughs> uh, you can't make this crap up. No, no, folks. Okay. <laughs> this is ran in the New York Post. <laughs> he Brandon literally a good was in charge of Bobolinsky. <laughs> and two uh, junior FBI, junior G-men oh. of the FBI went in to interview Bobolinsky. And it, it gets really kind of weird here. Because you're like, well, what does Tebow have to do with any of this? The guy who was doing policies, saying that there's fair election. He's basically quality control for the Democrats. Mm. As far as I can tell, he yeah. is the guy that is getting back to the Democrats and saying, here's what you need to worry about. And um, He's lost prevention, right? Is yeah, that, that's, that's a good way. It? Yeah, Prevent <laughs> That's a good way. So, <laughs> Bobolinsky, remember, we, 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 the world stopped for Bobolinsky's testimony. Hannity interviewed him. We got into this whole entire thing. Tucker interviewed him, I think. Was it Tucker? Yeah, too? it was Tucker. Yeah, yeah Tucker. Yeah. Okay. He sat down with him. So Bobolinsky went to the FBI, gave all this information, talked about the big guy taking his uh, piece of the action, talked about Hunter. Okay. And all of this stuff got suppressed. The whistleblower, who is, of course, Bobolinsky, talked about Hunter's lucrative personal relationship with. Chinese, Ukrainian, by the way, uh, I don't know if you knew the Ukrainian president uh, rang the bell at the New York Stock Exchange this morning. Yep. Oh, Lord, yeah, please, yeah. no. Uh, no, yep, no, he did. He, he, he flew across the ocean and he launched into his uh, yellow and blue initiative on the New York Stock Exchange. Rang the bell. There is Vladimir Zelensky. Honest to God, he's going to be in Corrales one morning when I show up there. Probably. Doing, raising everywhere. money for uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham. It'll be the front page of the paper. We'll oh. talk about all the wonderful things and how we need to come together for you. Eddie, you said something about over the weekend you were at an event that turned out to be more of an MLG rally. Zazobra. I'm like, uh, I was the only one yelling, you know, get rid of La Bruja. Get rid of her. How come she's up there? This isn't a political event. I'm trying to get my drink on up here. What's going on? Why is she here? She had her, She was the only person in the entire park with a mask on, by the way. Because she just had COVID. She wanted to remind you to stay safe out Protect there. us. For protecting us. That's what she was. Bobolinsky told the FBI about Hunter's lucrative personal relationships with Chinese, Ukrainian, and Romanian power brokers, folks. That's right, folks. Um, fully involved. His uncle, Jim Biden, by the way, also involved, uh, <clears throat> Joe's brother, used the family name to help their businesses dealings in places including Oman, Romania, Georgia, and Kazakhstan. Very nice. Right, My know. wife. <laughs> She's number three prostitute in all Kazakhstan. Now, after he talked to these two FBI agents, the information got handed over to Tim Tebow in a parking garage, right? where he arrived for the interview after being met by junior G-man Jay Dawson and specially in charge of criminal and cyber division. And then FBI supervisory special agent Gulino Arsini, Bobolinsky was handed over to two younger agents, Novak and Churchill. Novak and Churchill conducted the videotaped interview of Bobolinsky and provided a receipt for the whistleblower's digital data. They paused the interview several times to consult with Dawson and Arsini and an FBI forensic team and also came into the room at several points. Tebow's cell phone number was provided to Bobolinsky and his lawyer. They were told Tebow would be their point man at the FBI thereafter. Bobolinsky 
nor his lawyer were ever contacted again and were not brought before the Delaware grand jury investigating Hunter Biden. There you go. That's the end of it. So you heard about the origins of the Wuhan virus. Now you're hearing about how this whole stuff got suppressed. This guy quit. He wants to keep his retirement. And this guy was running QC for the Democrat Party. And you're hearing of all the Intel guys. What was his name? Jeremy Bash, right? Jeremy Bash got promoted in the Intel. All of these guys are meant to control the criminal element, which is now your criminal element running the country officially. All these uh, agents have been relocated to other fields. Likely one or two of them are here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. See, this is how it works. It, it pays to do it. Now, <clears throat> we, we must kind of, where there's smoke, there's fire. We must have an opportunity. It's us versus the government. Carter Page has been doing everything he can to, to, to fight back. Remember, he was uh, the double agent in Russia. He's working with Trump. He's Trump's bringing- connection to Moscow. <laughs> Carter Page got his entire claim against James Comey, not my homie, and the rest of the people uh, in the FBI dismissed on Thursday, on the very same day that Joe Biden gives his speech. His lawsuit claiming that FBI illegally spied on him. Removed. Why want to know why? Well, because James Comey himself didn't do the spying. You have to go over the agents. You have to go, I guess, against the agents specifically. I don't know. The FBI's first surveillance request for Page reportedly featured seven significant inaccuracies and omissions. And they said troubling allegations of misconduct and lying in the process of monitoring failed to technically warrant a civil suit. They never proved one thing with Carter Page. Okay, so let's take news organizations. So Carter Page, that's gone. Hannity doesn't get to talk about that for two hours a day anymore. So uh, I don't know about you, but I'm literally sick and tired of hearing about Carter, Carter Page, Carter Page, like like some sort of family affair. Okay, yes, they went after Carter Page. They tried to pin it on Carter Page. Carter Page doesn't matter anymore. All this stuff doesn't matter, okay? Like, folks, this is our best time to tip the three-letter agencies over. We've got Tebow, we've got Biden, we've got Hunter. Like, this is where you push all the way to the very end. You don't stop. And you show no fear. We have, we have breached the gates and we're through and Donald Trump is leading the way with his special master. And you've got the next two years to attack these corrupt SOBs because they're not going to respect news agencies, certainly not the Kiva and uh, neither, uh, I guess this would be the heritage foundations oversight project. They're now suing the DOJ and the national archives and records administration for refusing to grant expedited processing of the key the uh, conservative nonprofits request for copies of comms at the center of the FBI's August 8th raid. Well, guess what they, guess what they did with heritage. They threw them the middle finger. And it's like, well, nope, no FOIA. You aren't getting us on this. Despite everything that was laid out, all we have now is the special master to look at this and Donald Trump and everybody else knows it. It's us versus the government, believe it or not. I can't even believe I have to say this. Explicitly, that's what it is. If these people show on your doorstep, know what your rights are. Cooperate, communicate, play with them, okay? But you better know what you what your rights are, what you can and you can't do. They have no respect for news agencies. They direct news agencies. They have no respect for your social media profiles. They're in the middle of your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. They're in the middle of all of your files. Okay. If you have TikTok, 
they're now monitoring your your keystrokes. Uh, we'll talk about that later on. Yeah, uh, I'd like to get you to look at more of our TikToks, but if you go in and go out, that'll be about the best you, you can do because that software is monitoring way too many of your things, folks. 550-5500, that's 550-5500. I feel very positive despite some of the things that we're saying and some of the failures. We don't expect them to comply, but we definitely know, doubt, right, that a Republican judge in the state of New Mexico will definitely go against any Republican who happens to be called an insurrectionist. Toy Griffin no longer in his position. Back after a quick break with Dow's take on his article today. here in the Kiva, second to last election the night of the primary season. Massachusetts. Great senator, the great representatives from Massachusetts. Uh, those, uh, that's your area of town. Uh, down. We'll be talking about Connecticut uh, in third hour. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Apparently, Javier Becerra is going to be here. He's going to be in New Mexico to discuss the rural health care access. Here he is. He's arriving from the Health and Human Services. Well, you know, there's one thing uh, New Mexico knows about. It's uh, human services. No, you know. Didn't, didn't, didn't New Mexico's governor uh, lobby very hard for that job in Washington and was rejected by the, from what we hear, from what we hear, was rejected by the Biden? Mm. We bring them here anyway. We got to win an election. She likes the power. When you're that small, you're kind of powerful. Uh, by the way, the Lobos won over the weekend. I'll be going to the uh, Lobos against Boise State. I picked up my uh, tickets uh, the next day. I'm like, oh, 41 nothing. Way to go. Way to go, Danny G. Way to go, Lob- Lobos. Wysong, uh, like uh, Adam. Adam was Adam Wysong was my teammate. So was Danny Gonzalez when we were playing soccer. He was, uh, Danny Gonzalez was our goalie, by the way. Goal! Yeah, there we go. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, let's see. Call to action. Better together in New Mexico. Thank you for participating. What is this? Oh my gosh. This marketing stuff, controlled opposition folks. That's all that that is. Uh, ask me about it. I'll tell you who people are. And God has been telling you who Richard Branson is for <laughs> a long time. We're going to take a space break in Dowd's deep dive up next year in the Kiva. Dowd, take it away. I uh, thank you, Eddie. I, I'm just folks. If I'm a little down in this segment, I just clicked around uh, on uh, some of our local news. Uh, tickets to the 17th annual New Mexico Bowl are now on sale, but they have been discounted. I suspect maybe that has something to do with low demand. Uh, the lower bowl tickets uh, will be for sale for $30, down from $40. Uh, tickets for the North End Zone general admission will go down to 20 from 25 So uh, tough, tough, tough break. Uh, Bet you I can get a break on sponsoring it, Dowd. I'm going hey. to sponsor it. The Rock of Talk New, New Mexico, Mexico Bowl. Bowl. I love that. I can, I can fake it. I can just fake uh, I can fake the sponsorship and then never have to pay. And then like that one guy, remember they had a fake sponsor right? a company that didn't even exist. <laughs> we can find the money for that just in the couch cushions around here. So, yeah. Uh, no, folks, I uh, I was away for a little, had a little, had a, a big half century mark birthday. So I was a little behind. I didn't get this uh, to talk quite about this story last week because I was still getting Organized coming back, your legislators, uh, as uh, many people disparagingly call state lawmakers solons uh, in, a, in a sarcastic way. When it comes to one of our biggest, maybe our biggest overall uh, corporate welfare boondoggles in the state of New Mexico, you always think, well, they're going to wake up. They're going to come to their senses someday. 
Not if a recent meeting uh, was any indication, because we had two senators. Now, this is the upper chamber up in Santa Fe. Okay, these are this is the top of the top. These are two attorneys. Okay, they passed the bar in the land of enchantment uh, by Joe Cervantes and, of course, Daniel Ivy Soto. And um, Mr. Uh, Senator Ivy Soto is having some other other issues going on in his life right now. We don't need to delve into. But uh, this was at a meeting of the New Mexico Finance Authority. Uh, they have a legislative oversight committee uh, not available online. Uh, I could not find a transcript or minutes uh, or a webcast of this uh, because it wasn't, I guess, technically a legislative meeting because it was being held over at the finance authority. So there's more wonderful government trans, uh, 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 transparency for you uh, here in New Mexico. And uh, update folks on uh, that uh, law enforcement academy run by the state that's going to be uh, distributing materials on implicit bias, uh, uh, critical race theory you are paying for my IPRA request, uh, uh, if, if you uh, more, more commonly called a freedom of information request uh, has been filed to see how much of critical race theory is going on at the law enforcement Academy here in uh, New Mexico that you're paying for. Uh, they do have a number of days before they have to get back to me, but uh, that request has been made. Uh, I'm back in New Mexico on the ground causing trouble. That's what I like to do. Vacation's fine, but, uh, coming back and raising hell is, is even more fun. So I, I wasn't aware of this meeting until over the weekend. And again, I can't get a transcript. I can't get a video of it. But two truly asinine things were said by state senators uh, at this uh, this particular event. The subject of self-sufficiency came up. Our, our spaceport, uh, which currently I believe uh, it's, uh, its operating budget uh, this year, last fiscal year, was 63.6%. I looked at the numbers uh, you're paying for, folks, uh, gross receipts tax and general fund revenue and severance tax revenue, uh, almost two-thirds being funded by the, the good people of New Mexico. Uh, the question, well, when is the, when is the spaceport be uh, self -shin? You know, it's only been around for 15 years, and it's still almost two-thirds taxpayer subsidized. Uh, Ivy Soto, uh, who, as I understand it, has no experience, no significant experience in the private sector, investment, aerospace, anything like that. He said, you know, this whole tour angle, maybe that's not what we should be looking at. There's a, quote, significant amount of business, close quote, available in freight launching, uh, not launching people, but launching objects, you know, satellites and cargo to space stations and that kind of stuff. A uh, big, big, brilliant insight uh, from Daniel Ivy Soto. Uh, what the senator doesn't really realize is that the inherent disadvantages of Spaceport America are uh, so uh, strong and robust and they act as such a hamstring. It really doesn't matter if you're launching people or you're launching cargo. Uh, there's no infrastructure. We don't have a skilled, experienced workforce here. Our public policies in general, taxes, regulation, no right to work law are terrible. Uh, the inland location means that you're going to have to have something like what Branson wants to do, where no parts of rockets are shed over populated areas. So these inherent disadvantages don't change, Senator, if you shift the cargo from people with a pulse to uh, just you know simple objects or supplies. I guess uh, Senator Ivy Soto isn't really aware of that. Uh, another senator, real nasty piece of work. I've run into him up in Santa Fe back in the days when I could go to the roundhouse. Uh, I'm not um, injected once or twice or thrice or four or five or six times. So I still frankly don't know right now if I'm even going to be able to go to the session uh, coming up in January. Uh, nasty piece of work. I've run into him. Uh, uh, we had a Interesting little back and forth one time at a hearing many years ago, but that was in the past. Uh, Cervantes from down there in the Las Cruces area, there is a rumor, and I'm not going to uh, get into too much details because I haven't been able to nail it down, that at one point he was profiting in some sort of real estate arrangement with the New Mexico Spaceport Authority. A lot of people who I consider fairly 
credible voices posting things online, but I've got to get, you know, I'm a professional researcher. I can't just make these wild accusations. I haven't been able to track it down. If you any, know anything, you can always, always uh, on this issue or any other issue, get in touch with me at Dowd at DowdMuska.com. Uh, so the Senator Cervantes thought, well, yeah, we're really uh, paying through the nose here at uh, in the Doniana County and Sierra County. We we voluntarily chose to tax ourselves back around 2007, 2008. Uh, my beloved Otero County, uh, they're down one county commissioner, uh, as we mentioned earlier in the show. They rejected taxing themselves for the uh, Spaceport Authority. Smart, smart. Let's give, I, I can never give those people down in Otero County uh, too many rounds of applause uh, for, for, for shooting that terrible, terrible idea down. So Cervantes said, well, but this is a statewide kind of economic development project. Why are we down uh, in the, just in these two counties you know, we've gotten kind of a raw deal paying for this and, and nothing uh, coming out of it. So it really should be funded like any other state agency and all the people of New Mexico should uh, should be funding this. So uh, I don't I don't think he got into uh, raising taxes for this. He's, he's spoken kind of vague terms. Uh, sorry, Senator, uh, like your colleague, you're you're very ignorant. Uh, severance tax bonds, which are state vehicles uh, and general fund appropriations, the revenue from which comes from all over the state. Uh, are currently funding the spaceport as they have been for years and years and years. So if you don't live in Doniana County, if you don't live in Sierra County, your tax dollars are still funding the spaceport. And for Cervantes to say that, uh, I think betrays some real, real ignorance, uh, sad, sad ignorance on his part. But uh, they're they're not giving in, folks. Uh, our, 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 our robust, visionary, bold, technically savvy, uh, market-oriented uh, senators up there, they're going to make Spaceport America work. Uh, even as Virgin Galactic, we are flirting again with an all-time stock low. Uh, spin launch, of course, is a, is a complete fraud, and that's been exposed by a number of people. And uh, up aerospace, uh, they coming up in November, they, they're the suborbital launcher. They've been there since even before Virgin Galactic. Uh, if we make it to November, we'll have made it to three years, three wow. years that up has launched anything at Spaceport America. So, a, so this is awesome. We got spin launch. It's like one of those little <laughs> propellers that you roll in your hands and goes, zoom, and then it goes into space. That's little, a, the little beanie hat. Yeah, uh, spin, spin uh, we've got great, there's people online who have just totally, <laughs> thoroughly debunked spin launch. I mean, you've got to be Kevin Robinson Avila to believe that spin launch is ever going to become a viable company. But anyway. Well, aren't they uh, smoking pot and doing drugs and having parties? And like, like they, they're just like spending other people's money and, on their, you know, SPACs and IPOs. That and, was an accusation that all sorts of chicanery were coming, uh, were happening at, on the on the property of Spaceport America from some new tenant who had come in from out of state. Mm. The only one that I know of that fits that description, Eddie, <laughs> is Spin Launch out of California. So yeah. I can't say it's them, but uh, make up your own mind, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, our senators up at the Roundhouse, they still believe in Spaceport America. And Eddie, my, my favorite story, and I haven't been able to tell this because I was away uh, I, in the, the week even before I left, I was at a conference in Albuquerque, a big, big defense. You know, I joked around and called it the Merchants of Death uh, Conference, you know, the nuclear weapons people in the Air you Force Research You did thank the lab. person that gave you the tickets, though. So uh, of course, great. of course. And he or she knows who they or they, he or she or they, they or them it. is. Uh, it was the Professional Aerospace Contractors Association of uh, New Mexico. They have this event every year. And I mean, these are the top you know, the guy in charge of the Air Force's nuclear weapons, uh, the uh, na uh, Missile Defense Agency, the FBI looking at cybersecurity threats, top, top people. I got to speak with someone who was a really good person, he or she. They are a significantly high-placed official in the federal government's space world. I'm not going to say what agency or what branch of what agency because I, I, I'm sworn to secrecy. And this person, he or she, told me, uh, they, and, I, and I'll say about where they're located is, 
uh, they're intimately aware with New Mexico. Let's just put it, let's just say they have a front row seat for New Mexico. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. I've already probably said too much. This man or woman was amazed. Uh, I closed down my laptop. I said, this is off the record. I'm not going to, you know, obviously I'm not going to attribute this. This individual was amazed that Spaceport America still exists, giving the financial scandals, the failure to attract any tenants. This person just kind of shook his or her head as if to say, I just can't believe this boondoggle is still underway. So I uh, wish I could attribute it, but I can't because I'm a, I'm a noble, uh, honorable person and I'm not going to write this individual out. But We'll have to leave it there, Dad. Five seconds. We will. Uh, Rockoftalk.chat. Read it for yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Read there it, it is the latest uh, offering there. Become a subscriber today. Please. And plus you get the three and a half hours of show reading. We'll talk about the British next. The new Thatcher. She's in charge. Seven forty-eight a.m. in Shanghai. That's love thinking about that. You know, seven forty-eight p.m. in New York City. The opposite of Shanghai is New York City. Just like get a rope. 12 hours apart. Uh, Chuck uh, texts in, I seriously doubt that Judge Matthews is in Santa Fe is a Republican. He's the ex-spouse of U.S. District Court Judge Martha Vasquez. Vasquez, a staunch Democrat. There were probably no Republicans on the list from that governor had to choose from. (laughs) That's entirely possible. Uh, Let's see. Charge. charge, uh. Biden walks back attacks on Trump voters and anti-MAGA suite. I already played that. you missed the show that was earlier, and it's part of the show notes and why you want to subscribe at Rock of Talk. Gotcha. Hi, Eddie. Uh, I've heard people talking about the Dems putting out a new virus suit and not allowing voting polls to be open, thereby making people vote by mail. And again, cheating will be enforced. What do you think? No, not going to happen. Nope. We are going to get out. We're going to vote. And there's a lot of Democrats that want the Republicans to win because they're going to say immediately upon us taking office that we are in a depression and it's the Republicans' fault for two years. And then Next year's fight will be all about who is going to bear responsibility for the uh, pain of the stock market crashing of all these things happening. So be prepared. Uh, let them know. You know, we still got to we still got to make money. We still got to keep the doors open. And you know, we're prepared for the uh, calamities that will ensue. We haven't had an economic downfall in some time, and we all have to make our way through it. One of the things uh, during any economic collapse uh, or any kind of maladies that uh, impact uh, an economy, a polis, which is city, uh, or anything like that, the one thing that people need more than anything else is communication. So they will come to the radio as well as the TV, and you can find us at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, download it now, podcasting, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. Don't forget to get us on Audible. I uh, used up nine of my credits this weekend. I had... uh, 14 credits, hadn't caught up in some time. I'm like, how do you go find out what to read? And I'm also a member of Blinkist, um, the best 15 minutes uh, they have uh, as well. And uh, also, um, <clears throat> don't forget to become a subscriber. You can get all the notes. Three, when I say three and a half hours of reading, I was trying to go through and I was telling down. I said, there's no way that any of the hosts read all of the links that they send out. I've literally read through all the links of today's show, of last week's show, uh, while dad was gone, I literally said, put pen to paper. I've got to, you know, stay on top of everything. Cause I could talk and gab for three hours and everyone knows that. Cause I pay attention. I talk to everybody. I listen to everything. 
I'm in the know. I'm, and if you get these mealy mouth Republicans and people who are trying to say, well, you know, it's, it's, you got to straddle the line. It's about the independence. It's not about the independence. You cannot win an election without going to your base. Mm -hmm. You have to satisfy your base. So whoever is pushing this crap out there that you have to satisfy the middle people, when they go to vote, they vote for something. They don't go and vote against something else. Okay. They vote for who is the person that stand up. This is why the whole entire Biden thing is going to backfire. It's why it backfired on Hillary Clinton. People are looking to things to vote for. Um, so just pay attention to how politics works. Uh, it's all about incentivizing and people when they're next asses are on the line, they want to go towards, they're going to gravitate, human behavior will gravitate towards the thing that they think will best incentivize them for the future. The whole world's about incentives, folks. <laughs> Take it or leave it. The whole world's about incentives. People don't work. People don't do anything. They don't do a single thing. Vote. Not, not one thing, unless they're properly incentivized. Uh, look at relationships. Look at anything. And just think of the word incentive. 550, 50, uh, Speaking of uh, voting and uh, the new PM in uh, Britain, uh, by the way, current time in uh, London town is uh, 12.30 a.m. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. It's past midnight, uh, folks. <clears throat> Here it is. They've got a new one, a new Thatcher. Um, they don't think that she and they, pop media uh, there, Boris Johnson is officially off the job, and you've got a new lady. Her last name is Truss, and she's taken over uh, 10 Downing Street. She's 47 years young. I, I really like this. Uh, her aged out. Um, she grew up as a liberal. Yes. Folks. Well, her this, parents were liberal. <laughs> well, she she was uh, saying no to Thatcher before she knew. Uh, she was uh, out there, uh, you know, pushing before she could even vote. She was just like a little red guard, like we're, <laughs> we're raising in in, uh, in America today. So yeah, yeah she's uh, she's a wonderful person uh, from all accounts, um, but not given. Um, much of a chance. Uh, she was not the conservatives, I believe, uh, first election doubt. I think she was, I think maybe even the, the third selection mm -hmm. of all this. She seems her quality is quite likable. Um, the comparisons to Margaret Thatcher uh, are being made um, uh, quite a little bit because uh, she's a fighter. She's dug it in and uh, she's all business. Um, she has made some big promises, uh, folks. And uh, those promises in the midst of an energy crisis, an economic crisis, an inflation crisis. And by the way, the economic crisis doesn't have anything to do with inflation. It has to do with the fact that Britain hasn't been very strong for very long. Low economic growth is something that they've been absolutely plagued by, top and to bottom. And a crazed lockdown country. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, let's, yeah, we, let's not forget that as well. Remember, Boris was partying while everybody else was... So she's, she's up against it. And I think the fact that she has really low expectations and then the rest of the world is going to be sort of spiraling into this other, you know, sort of resignation, recession, depression, depending upon, you know, your perspective, you're going to pick one of those uh, one way or the other. I think um, she's going to outlast those expectations. A lot of people are saying that she is going to be the shortest serving PM uh, as well. Well, let's look at what's happening in Britain right now. It's not good. The Economist uh, writes about it. She does have the ability to unilaterally remove, um, I thought this was cool, Great Britain uh, from uh, Brexit uh, because uh, they have recently, because Labour has taken on, uh, you know, going against Brexit. Remember, it was just a sliver that it won by, especially during uh, Donald Trump's tenure. And this is really um, 
repudiation of conservative politics around the globe. And it's not working uh, very well. The first thing that she's coming out with, interestingly enough, in a time of recession and inflation is tax cuts. I want you to think about that for a sec. Because I use the word incentives. Unless these businesses are incentivized to make more money, and tax cuts do not drive up inflation. Forgiving debts drives up inflation, but in economics, tax cuts do not drive up inflation. They drive up production. They drive up capitalism. They drive up uh, innovation. They drive up technology. They drive up uh, all sorts of things in business. You start tax cutting to benefit businesses, and what do you get? Well, you get relocations if you're in New Mexico from California. You get relocate. Hey, it's not a penalizing place. What do you do if you're more pro-business, right? You want to go ahead and make a safe space for business. You get attraction of more businesses. She uh, beats the ex-finance minister. Name was Sunak to be the new PM, okay? And... Uh, a lot of things have gone in, but the first thing that she comes out with is tax cuts. She'll become the fourth prime minister since 2015. The expectations are not high. So if this is the first thing that she does going in, Dowd, I can tell you, I think she's going to be quite successful because the energy prices are expected to boost by 80% in October. Ooh. Uh, you know, I, I'm, to, I, I'm not an international affairs. I rarely weigh in on this stuff because it's very complex. Uh, although I do have a sister and brother-in-law live, live over there. Uh, I'm interested in her background working for uh, limited government, kind of free market libertarian oh, right. think tanks. Uh, so I'm really, really psyched about she does, that. Yeah. Uh, I like that a lot. She apparently has been going around negotiating all these trade deals, these bilateral trade deals now that now that Britain is out of uh, the EU. They're doing these kind of one-on-one deals. Uh, that's what she was doing a lot of for Boris, but what I really like, uh, Reason Magazine mentioned something she wrote back in her think tank days, a massive subsidy to all old people in the UK, even if they're worth a million dollars or more to help pay for energy. Why should taxpayers subsidize the fuel bills of rich households? Liz, from what I hear so far, I, there's a lot of, There's a lot I like. I, I'm liking a lot of what I hear about your record. <laughs> I think she's very balanced uh, as well. Uh, you know, growing uh, up as a kids, liberal. Two kids. Uh-huh. Uh, they did an article a couple of years ago about how European leaders are just, a huge number of them are just childless. She's been married to the same guy for 22 years. She has two children. Maybe that makes her a little more reality-based, maybe? Yeah. Mom, mom. You know, uh, the females are certainly going to like her. Uh, well, I don't know how many genders they have in, in Britain. We have 58. We but, do. Yeah. And, the transgenders don't like the females very much. They just want to take them over. Uh, she worked for Shell Corporation. Yep. She also worked for a telecom firm as well, cable and wireless. She understands business, and uh, she has been demoted several times So and kept fighting. I think it shows her resolve uh, as well. So uh, quite intelligent. Um, I think respected ahead of liked doubt. I think that'd be the way. We always it. wish our mother country well, don't we? we and do. uh, if those tax cuts go through, uh, that might mean another uh, delicious steak dinner in Las Vegas next oh. year for me, uh, given how my brother-in-law covered the cost of that one for the 50th birthday. So, are they uh, up at uh, one in the morning listening to it? Uh, they are go back at, back at sleep uh, because okay. they're trying to adjust to the, you know, the time change. Cause they're, mm. When they come to America, they're always up at 4 a.m. and they're looking at the rest of us like, why aren't you up and walking around? Why, why aren't we hitting the road and getting out and working and working on the farm? And we all say because it's 4 a.m <laughs> how old was thatcher when she uh, became the uh, pm by the way she is the third female prime minister um 
Uh, Thatcher came in about the same time. Is that late 70s? No, when she came in, she came into uh, how old was she? I right. I'm just so. trying to think. She was born in, can we have some biographical information here? Born in 1925. So she was 50, yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah, mid 50s really when she came in. So Liz Truss is younger than Thatcher. Yeah, yeah. by about uh, six, seven years, yeah. it looks like. So there you go. And she, uh, she had left leaning parents. And uh, she went to anti-Thatcher protests as a child where she recalled shouting, Maggie, 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 out, out, out. And she has changed her ways. And now she is a great admirer of Thatcher. Hour three, you and me and the Dowd will make three, 3,000, including a Dowd's data dump during our second segment. People are fleeing blue states, blue cities for the red. And we'll talk about the heat waves and all that more when we return. In the keep Six oh six and the five oh five with more four one one here. The for the third hour. I'm Eddie Eric on the Rock of Talk. AM six hundred K I the ABQ FM Rock of Talk. Com, Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Podcasting, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, as well as Audible, and download the apps as well as become a subscriber at rockoftalk.chat. And you would have gotten all the links for the show. Follow along for fun. You don't have to do the whole three and a half hours. You can get our takes. And if you like them, and if you don't like them, if you want to back that, you know what, up at the water cooler. Who goes to a water cooler anymore? Um, you're just staying at home in your chones. No, how's it going now? Hour three, you and me, and you got a data dump. What do we have to look forward to, sir? Uh, I do have a data dump, and it's going to be a little light because we're coming off the uh, unofficial end of summer. Uh, not a lot of stuff going on the last couple of days. Uh, most even I took a little time off this weekend. Wow, but, uh, I have I have uh, yeah, some a break from the vacation, some too. smaller items, but I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave a wonderful taste in your mouth as if you had just wow. eaten at Wolfgang Puck's <clears throat> cut steakhouse because right. it is such a not only is it good news for the country not only is it good news for new mexico it makes the eco alarmists live mm. so i'm going to end on a very high note All right. uh, we love high notes we know that uh, new mexico people love to get high we'll talk about that later on in the week as well marijuana is way up i keep buying it 40 million 45 million everyone's got a license yeah we're uh, highest per capita but we're not here to talk about that we're not drawing them in by uh legalizing it nope in fact uh People are picking up and leaving all over every blue state that there is. And things kind of suck. We even talk a little bit about Connecticut uh, during this segment. <laughs> we uh, will. Yeah, we will get into it. Uh, it's a subject I know all too kinda well. Kind of weird. <laughs> Goodbye, San Francisco. Hello, Nashville. This uh, USA Today. Now, Nashville would be one of those states if they had ranked choice voting. That would be a blue state. Remember, we got to help people educate about ranked choice voting. That's the next thing. They won't have an agenda, but they can cheat. They can beat you by getting 40% of the votes, and that's what they're trying to do. That's what agendas trying to do. Remember the summer of COVID? Remember all the uh, programs that are out there? People have been tired of hearing about equity. They're tired of hearing about, you know, the uh, <clears throat> looting and all the various other things that uh, don't criminalize the criminals. Companies, by and large, are moving out of high-cost areas. They're moving from Washington State. They're moving from California. They're moving from uh, name of the blue state, Illinois. Big on that as well. We'll get to that. HP, Oracle, Boeing, Citadel, leaving those urban areas and moving to Florida, Texas, and Virginia. I don't know why Virginia. I think they were on the uh, 
Matt, remember the whole race for HQ and Richard Berry said, hey, come home, Jeff. Oh, my gosh. Please, please, please stop. We we were never in the running. (laughs) Number one destination for New Yorkers, Miami. That's right. They're uh, leaving in droves. Uh, In fact, uh, you won't even believe these numbers. Uh, When you look at the number of people who have left New York, it's sort of incredible. Over one point, was it 1.2 million people have left the state of New York? Is that, am I, am I seeing that right Dowd? Is mm-hmm. that, is that about right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as, uh, since COVID to 2021 time, they're leaving large cities, black residents, same share of black residents, white, brown, whatever color that you are, you're leaving and going to the suburbs. People leave cities. They head for places that they called opportunity. One of the places that they love to leave and uh, the immigrants are loving to go right now, I guess, is Illinois. Uh, pretty hilarious what's happening uh, there. Texas keeps shipping them off to Chicago. Uh, Steve Cor- Cortez gets a little guest appearance. Hard to believe that they have published Steve. Cor- how, how do they publish Steve Cortez and Newsweek of Steve Bannon thing? Um, it must be a guest uh, column here. Um, one and only appearance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're gonna, we're going to we got to move some product and we're going to get you in your stagflation. Plaguing our country, right? High inflation, no growth. That's what you're experiencing right now. And of course, you get all the stuff. Uh, J.B. Pritzker also mentioned, talking about him moving from place to place. Uh, what's he doing? I guess running for president, according to this. Illinois' cost for gas, energy, living, everything is increasing. J.B. Pritzker, by the way, the honorary fundraiser chairman of the fundraising committee for another than uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton. That's right. Surrounding cities and states uh, around Illinois, Illinois paying 58 cents more per gallon in real money compared to uh, Indiana. I don't know. Uh, Wisconsin, Ohio, the rest of those record numbers of Americans have moved into uh, Florida, Texas, North Carolina, biggest losers during this time, Illinois, New York, and California. And probably also leaving a state like Connecticut, uh, Dowd. And I think when you get down into the micro stuff, it really kind of tells you why the uh, penalties leveraged by a bureaucratic state such as New Mexico or Connecticut uh, will uh, throw people out. uh, And it's never a win for the citizens. Well, I can relate uh, only too well to this story. Uh, A young man associated with uh, National Review, I think at one point, his name is Charles C.W. Cook. You've probably seen him on speaking on Fox News and that kind of stuff. He finally fled Connecticut like a lot of us have, but they are going after him. And Eddie, this is a recurring story. Uh, I know that Rush Limbaugh, the great Maharishi, used to talk about this all the time about how once he relocated from New York State, right next door to Connecticut, down to Florida, for years, they continued to come after him saying, you know, you're deriving part of your income still out of New York. Uh, and it was just a bloody, bloody mess. Now, this one is a little more manageable than a guy who would make tens of millions of dollars a year. This is a 250 initial $250 bill for the uh, property tax on vehicles. Now, here in New Mexico, uh, I actually was just at an MVD Express renewing my license. I'm, 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 com- I'm coming into New Mexico for another eight years, ladies and gentlemen. I committed to the to another eight years here in the land of enchantment for all that that, all the good and 
uh, all the frustration that will that will come with that. But in New Mexico, in Connecticut, in a lot of states, they tax your car on the value of its property, uh, and that uh, that I think was a Virginia number of years ago. They did away with their car tax and mm. this great car right. tax revolution. I think it was a Republican governor who was who was part of that too. So uh, the writer, Mr. Cook, claims that he never got that bill. He was he was moving away from Connecticut to Florida at the time, and so they continued to pursue him. I got nailed a couple of years ago because I went back for a kind of sabbatical uh, to my uh, my family's orchard back in Connecticut, and I was still technically working out of an organization in New Mexico. They ran some sort of computer algorithm and found out that I had calculated something wrong uh, in terms of how I was breaking down what part of my income was earned in Connecticut that year versus New Mexico. They will come after you. These nasty revenue crats from blue states they are running out of money. They are wealthy states that, that did well for a long, long time, and they developed great economies with finance and agriculture and manufacturing and all sorts of great things, but they're throwing it all away with their kook policies, uh, kook politics that lead to kook policies. Still, for the life of me, cannot believe how California can be suffering. California has everything any location on earth could ever want, diversified economy, Great weather, huge coastline. But no uh, brains, no, no brain, common sense. No brains yeah. at all. And all agenda. Um, so this poor fellow is still fighting. He's not giving in. He said in an earlier column that he was going to give in and, and cut a check to the Department of Revenue Services, a uh, particular favorite of my father, Tom Muska. Uh, I don't want the services you're giving to me, he always says, to the Department of Revenue Services. Uh, it's a bad name for the for the bureaucracy. Uh, but but again, uh, this is just one small example. I faced it, and they wanted more than 250 from me. Yeah. Rush Limbaugh faced it from New York. Uh, they they come after you for the money. It's almost Eddie, like they're just resentful when they look at the the, the change in address and they see that the zip code is, in, a, so. is in a red state, in a right to work state, in a low tax state. They 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 pursue more aggressively than ever. So I think that that's what happens with the people who probably work for the state of New Mexico. They're going to go and find you, and and when you leave to well, yep. look during the COVID lockdowns, Charlotte, Riverside, California, Miami, and Phoenix were four cities. Four cities where most employers said their operations had returned to normal. Where didn't they? San Francisco and Jose. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Jose. All right. Employers in New York, San Francisco, San Jose were among the most likely to say that COVID had hurt their businesses. Where else? New Mexico, if you could say that. And when you look at uh, the total loss of jobs for blue states, right? Look, or the total additions of jobs uh, for blue states compared to red states. Red states added 1.3 million jobs from pre pandemic levels. Red states, 341,000 new jobs while blue states lost. Oh, excuse me. Red, red states added 300, had a net, what was it? Net add, is that what it was? Yep. Of 341,000 jobs and 1.3 million jobs were lost or blue. So even blue bigger states. loss for the stupid states than gain for the good states. There it is. Tells you a lot. Back after a quick break, we'll talk about blue state governors and kick it off into data's, Dow's data dump when we return. here in the Kiva. Don't forget, we power down at uh, 7.15, so if you have a hard time getting us on the reception on your radio, uh, that's why you want to download the app at abq.fm. We are live 24 hours a day, beginning at 11 p.m. Sunday nights, going all the way till 3 a.m. on Saturday morning. 
everything that you hear in the Kiva is live. So just a little FYI, 24 hours a day. That's a cool little feature of this uh, great radio station. And um, I want to say that I'm very proud of that. So I think uh, we're one of the first stations in the country to do that. And I've got some different things that I'm doing on the AM as well. Dad, you got to be happy about that. Everything you hear on the stations live, live uh, hour, top of the hour news, you know, Clyde's live, uh, Ground Zero, uh, Coast to Coast, you know, our morning news all live as it's, as it's happening. Yeah, That's going to be folks, very important. There's a lot of just filler out there and you don't get it on this network. Yeah. I so mean, you get dense, rich content live. Plus all of the uh, contents of the entire show. So even when I sort of, you know, I'm going over stuff is like, well, what did he mean? 341,000 jobs, 1.3 million. Like it's right there. We could just go click the link and then we could read it right. I didn't quite understand what he said. I don't want to have to go back and text in. And, and what, what did you mean by that? Or could you clarify? It's like all the notes are right there. You have to be a subscriber. So it's because I still have, I don't know, 500 and some odd uh, text messages. Uh, uh, we're about 80% uh, where we were because people are still coming back from vacay. And that's pretty cool. So I do like that. Uh, people need to enjoy themselves. And we have our dedicated that listeners 550 a 5500 kind of wrap up last segment remember gavin newsom all these blue state governors and leaders they're going against the red states because we have enjoyed and i mean us as republicans and the people that we support we don't support michelle luan grisham though that she is our governor we're not supportive of her we're not supportive of her her policies but we are supportive of greg abbott desantis uh any red state governor uh, that's out there this is why Gavin Newsom has uh, spent an inordinate amount of time running ads uh, in different states because he has lost so many corporations who picked up and left. And instead of trying to attract them back and becoming reasonable and meeting with them and say, hey, what we can do, they've doubled down on everything. Now they have this fast food tax. Uh, this is going to result in oh. $22 an hour, $22 an <laughs> hour for their employees. It's totally <laughs> ridiculous. Now, how about by 2035, going completely and totally green not selling one one car in California that is powered by fuel by gas. That's that's just but, but don't charge uh, don't charge your electric vehicle because the grid's in trouble right now. So you can't have a gasoline car. But don't go don't don't charge your your electric car either. So just stay put. Hey, it's like it's like permanent Rona lockdown. <laughs> yeah, right. One point four million new New Yorkers New Yorkers have left the state from twenty ten to twenty nineteen. One point four million. 126,000 left between July of 2020 and July of 2021. People hate failing. They hate living in a place that they can't be proud of, and they will leave their homes if they have to. How about the U-Haul rates? I thought this was absolutely remarkable. If you're going to a state like Florida, if you're going to a state like Texas, the, the rate for a U-Haul is seven times that. Wow. Then it is going back to, I don't know, say New York, Illinois, California. Okay. This is absolutely crazy. Remember, these places are anti-gun, anti-growth, pro-agenda, very woke. They're compliant with ESG. ESG is never going to land, folks. It's not working. It's already breaking down this early. That's right, folks. Not gonna, not gonna happen. Not, not gonna happen. Dowd's gonna do his data dump. What's the latest data you have, Dowd, and what's it about? Yeah, folks. A short one today, just given given the end of uh, the holiday, or just you know the holiday not not churning out a lot of. Uh, important information. So we're going to range around a little bit and then I'm going to top things off with some very good news. Uh, trans the transportation market, uh, the Logistics Managers Index, LMI, that LMI. is a, a okay. consortium of organizations that measure movements and rates of growth in the logistics 
industry, a an unheralded uh, industry in our country, ladies and gentlemen. But we should we should uh, commend the truckers and the warehousers and all those people who get us our our goods and services. Absolutely, it's been a source of growth. Doubt. I mean, it's been absolutely incredible. There's there's no industrial space to speak of. Anywhere, even including Albuquerque. Amazing. (laughs) Truly amazing. And all you people out there who work in that field are, uh, you have uh, my my great respect. Capacity rose again. But again, what we're seeing uh, in in July last month, what's the most in August uh, over July? So growing, but not growing at the rate that we're used to. Okay. So it's a declining rate of growth. So it's something that we should keep an eye on. It's not time to jump off the, the bridge yet. The growth rate uh, for transportation capacity, that's a sub index of the overall okay. logistics index slowed by 4.8 percentage points in the month uh, down to 64.3. All right. Trans- so gearing down inventories might be a little bit down. Consumers not as, as, as excited about purchasing things. So that, that stands to reason. Yeah. Uh, and transportation utilization. Okay. That was down by a much bigger number by 7.7 points. That is a sub index. Index. It is only contracted in a total of five months since that particular data set began six years ago. So okay. That's so that's of, like fuel probably driving a lot of that down. Mm-hmm. The increased uh, cost of fuel, figuring out other ways of getting things done. Hey, maybe you didn't need it. Maybe you could wait until things are more reasonable. Mm-hmm. And according to the LI, LMI report, quote, if we see this slip, and they're talking about transportation utilization into contraction territory again through the fall, it would be an indicator of a freight market in real trouble. Okay. Mm. So we don't have those numbers yet, but something that we need to be watching moving forward on. Uh, this is out of the Boston Globe. I hadn't read the Boston Globe in years. Uh, the Boston Globe is such a joke. It makes the Santa Fe New Mexican look like uh, the New York Post. Uh, I, I haven't read the Globe in many, many years, but it was an interesting article about the market in Boston for Boston. You said it. Uh, office space. Uh, one of our favorite movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I wasn't so much interested in Boston as I was in the national number. So VTS, this is a, so- a real estate software company. VTS, mm. they track and analyze the office market in major cities from coast to coast in the United States. No bueno. Nationally, uh, we don't have the August number, but <clears> the <throat> July number. The office index of their cities across the country dropped 17.5% in July to its lowest level since February 20. 20- 21. Uh, again, this issue of are people really going to be going back to their white collar jobs and physically located there no. or not? Uh, and uh, I think uh, we're, it's just going to be interesting to watch uh, moving forward. Of course, then you have some of these CEOs and, coming and out and by saying, the way, get back to the office, damn it. Get back to the office. I doubt I should uh, interject here. That will drive rates down uh, and even the affordability will not drive things in, uh, upwards. The problem is, is this is why people are backing out of something called REITs or real estate investment trusts. Yep. There won't be a return on investment. Uh, U.S. listing rates have been slipping uh, uh, last couple of years by 2.3%. And then uh, you've got a 10 basis points year over year national vacancy rate at about 15.1%, which is not very good. Downtown Albuquerque, I think I recently I recently just talked about uh, the vacancy rate in downtown Albuquerque at uh, 35% plus. Molina has uh, slashed all of its office space, has uh, basically, it uh, looks like, gotten rid of it and told all of its employees to work from home. That uh, impacts roughly about uh, 800 employees, I believe, uh, downtown, about 60,000 square feet, the largest office user uh, of any kind, I believe, in downtown Albuquerque. So that's why you will see less and less traffic uh, going into downtown and why businesses, particularly the uh, retail, and if there's any sort of downtown revitalization, um, you needed uh, that type of traffic there downtown, Deb. 
let's just have more uh, weed shops downtown. That'll, yeah, that'll solve go. everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what you know, what does a landlord do in an environment where if people are just going to be a permanent non-return to off? I mean, you own big office properties all over the country. You can only cut your your rates, your your lease, uh, your rent so much. Uh, right. You need to make a profit. I mean, these people are Eddie. I feel I feel for these folks. Right. Because if this change is is going to be permanent, uh, a permanent change that some of uh, our elites, our global homo. Uh, uh, Washington and Brussels and all those people <clears throat> who are usually wrong about 99% of things, uh, something they can't haven't really come to terms with yet. Russia's economy mm. uh, will post a shallower, a smaller economic contraction than expected uh, in the coming year, mm. and it could return to growth in, later in the year or sometime in 2023, according to Russian officials. They have revised their contraction. Wow. Uh, that would be the the quarterly contraction uh, uh, for the GDP uh, from uh, 4.2% decline to a 2.9% decline. Again, that's their forecast. Um, all of our elites are trying to destroy Russia. Putin's the most evil man in the world. And uh, by some measures, the developed countries of the Western world, their economies are doing worse than Russia, a country that has been subject to sanctions no country on earth has ever been subject to. Uh, so BRIC countries doing well, Brazil, uh, Russia, India, China. Uh, they'll be probably expanding in 2023. Western European countries, especially uh, those that have adopted the new ESG models or you know new green energy deals or gone to electric. Uh, Putin's laughing in your face despite the fact he's very sick now. Uh, just keep shooting yourself in the foot. Europe, North America, and Australia. Keep, keep, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, Russia, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Russia takes over uh, economic dominant role in, in, in the world. They have uh, energy, which people want to pay for. They have minerals, which are, is needed by a lot of countries, you know, minor assets like that. All right, I'm going to wrap up. Uh, I know we're running low on time. Good news. The United States began exporting our natural gas in liquefied fashion uh, in February 2016. So that's what, uh, six and a half years ago. As of last month, we have more LNG, liquefied natural gas export capacity, than all other countries on earth, okay? We had a new export facility come online last month. We have another one, which is about to uh, come online, and then two more in the pipe on the Gulf Coast after that. We are the LNG super tanker to the world. It is, uh, you know, Trump, Trump is, uh, uh, is gets, should get some of, the, some of this credit. The frackers should get an enormous amount of credit. What uh, what do we do with that? What do I, who's going to buy it? Who's buying this? Uh, Europe, Brazil, yeah. uh, East Asia. We, we have customers all over the world. We have a lot of natural gas here in New Mexico, including up in the Four Corners where I was a couple days ago. Uh, this, folks, this is good news. Not even the Biden administration has been able to destroy our LNG export economy. Go. Good news. And we're going to give a round of applause to Gulf Coast where they are sending their NL, LNG to the world. We need a little bit of that energy. In order to stay cool, they're not staying cool in Arizona, certainly not in California either. We'll talk about uh, the hottest summer of your life. No, it won't be. We return here in the Kiva. Thirty-three, New York City. I'm Eddie Aragon here in Albuquerque on AM six hundred FM, and of course in LA, we're looking at five thirty-three PM. And I don't know what is it in Arizona right now. One hundred and twelve degrees. It's hot. It's hot all over. 
and not good. And California, they're going absolutely crazy because they've been paying too much for energy, for one. <laughs> Second, they couldn't lower their thermostats, or at least it was recommended, not below the, uh, what, 78 degrees down, I think I is what it was. Yeah, there. but pretty, pretty crazy. Had an issue like that in, Cal- in Colorado, too. Yeah, yeah crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, woke. It's what happens. We're at the end of the summer. Like, these are the last couple of weeks, uh, and, and they're saying, well, it's too much of a draw on the energy. Well, what happened to the other parts in Phoenix when it was 115? Or what happened to the other times when it was, you know, this hot earlier? Uh, then they're telling you not to plug in your vehicles. I think there was like a sort of a moratorium on for, for not plugging in your vehicles for a couple of days. And already when you buy your vehicle and you decide to go ahead and put in one of those $2,500, $3,000 um, charge stations into your own house, now you're being told when you can charge, which is generally only overnight. You can't recharge it. I think, I think that, if I'm not mistaken, until after 10 p.m. Yes. And uh, you have to basically un, uh, remove it by 6 so if you're a long sleeper, well, you might get penalty, uh, might, might get some sort of penalty. All right. So Scientific American writing, the hot summer is one of the coolest of the rest of our lives. A bit of a woke, but it does do some comparisons and it does look at it. It's, it's hard to argue because it's science, but it <laughs> looks but Atlanta, Georgia, you know, Phoenix, Arizona. This is kind of crazy. They have a chart here. Changing summer temperatures in U.S. City. The chart shows how average summer temperatures in 17 cities around the U.S. have changed in recent years and how they will shift further by 2050. So the, um, and by the way, this takes 24-hour temperatures for the entirety of that clock. So it's not like the high uh, for that day. It's taken the entirety of the clock. So the average temperature for the entire 24 hours in Houston, Texas, uh, went from 1980 to 2000, which is 83 degrees in Houston, Texas, to 2000 to 2020, where it's 84 degrees. By 2050, it's expected to be 87 degrees. Let's take another city. Miami, uh, 84 degrees in 1980 to 2000. Average temperature uh, during the summer from 2000 to 2020, 84. And then 2050, it's expected to go to 86 degrees. Here's one that you know, Phoenix, Arizona. Average temperature for a 24-hour span in Phoenix, 92 degrees from 1980 to 2000. And from 2000 to 2020, 94 degrees. And by 2050, which will likely be a top six metropolis, they're expecting it to be 98 degrees. Uh, that is certainly unbearable. So let's take that for what it is. Um, it is trending upwards uh, wherever you are at on the climate change thing. I'm not one to adopt it, uh, but... Feel free if you like. There's other places that are. All I would say is sure. 2050 is a long ways away. And uh, it'll be 75. Dad will be 77. I'll be healthy and happy. Um, and remember when they said in the late 1980s, the Maldives would be completely underwater by 2020. Uh, oh, yeah. we, we reached that point. And I'm actually, I actually used to know someone who had their honeymoon in the Maldives a couple of years ago. And the construction apparently in this uh, underwater uh, former country uh, was intense. They were, they were enhancing all their uh, tourism options. So uh, the record's not great on the greenie weenie Maldives is uh, by India, correct? Uh, just south, I believe. Yes. Okay, yep. yeah. So it was, I was doing my 24-hour clock, you know, learning where Dhaka is and all these places. By the way, Dhaka is one of the most popular cities in the world. I, I had no idea. Bangladesh. Okay, so uh, California urging conservation as power demands near record. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, why is it nearing a record? Well, they, they're drawing a total... Put this in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, megawatts. There's only been two other times where it's been over 50,000 megawatts. 
How come it hasn't occurred to anybody that maybe it's the draw of the number of electric cars that are drawing if they have population that are leaving? It hasn't occurred to anybody, apparently. <laughs> Certainly, uh, you know, is everyone just plugging in their toasters <laughs> and their microwaves? I don't know. Uh, they thought that it would peak at 51,698 megawatts. I'd love to see that. Um, Tuesday, the, the current record was 50,270, okay? Before it slid to 49,868 uh, on Wednesday. So that was uh, last week. These forecasts that come out, and uh, you might remember the brownouts that happened, I believe, in 2006, 2015, 2019, then, of course, you know, the fires. I think this is sort of a manufactured crisis. They should be prepared for these types of things. Plus, they have less population. No mention in the Reuters magazine anything about a, uh, a, a, exodus of people who have left California. They're just saying, well, here's the draw on it. I think this is, again, driven by an agenda. Uh, Breitbart writes about it. Now, there's they have their agenda, too. It says, faces high risk of electricity blackouts on Labor Day. To your knowledge, Dow, did you hear about any blackouts in California? I've not heard any. No. Yeah, I've not heard any either. Um, <clears throat> they're talking about 44,000 megawatts. Okay, so whatever this stuff means, it's not our problem. All we know is that it is hella expensive at this point. Way too much. Okay. People are picking up and leaving and blackouts are happening. Well, what's drive, driving this? Well, I think it's the cameras, temperatures, wildfires, all these things. California blackout risk intensify mid soaring temperatures, wildfires. Okay. Well, what's, what else could be powering, you know, things up at this point? Dad, I'll let you sort of uh, take a crack at this because both of us are from Nevada. <laughs> Nevada uses, uh, I think, more electricity than any other city in the world. You can, it's the only city that you can see from space. Yes. And all of a sudden, Las Vegas, and no one's going to talk to you about this, the stuff the way that we do, but no one, you know, certainly it was hotter in the midsummer with the higher number of tourists, with a higher number usage of air conditioning. And why is the Las Vegas Review Journal suddenly pushing this stuff out at the very same time that California is? I remember being in Las Vegas this summer, and I don't remember them putting out any excessive heat warnings at 110 degrees, 112 degrees with um, massive numbers of people there. Excessive Las Vegas heat extended to Wednesday evening. Okay. You know what the, the heat is? 111, 109. Labor Day was 109. Here we are. Temperatures at all hours of the day will remain 8 to 12 degrees above normal. Folks, this is nothing but scare tactics as far as I'm concerned. Oh. I don't see this any other way. Now, if you're looking for scare tactics, it's not leaving anything hot in any car. But, you know, here, here's considerably lower temperatures. And this man is charged with murder. This is a very sad story. Right. Cute, cute baby. Charged with murder for intentionally leaving baby in a hot car. He left his baby in a hot car, 87 degrees in Ohio for five hours because he didn't want to be bothered in the house. Being held on $250,000 uh, a bond. And I only bring that up because, you know, it's one of those things that, hey, don't you know what time of the year it is? You got to be protective because of excessive heat. Well, okay. We, we already know that, but that's 87 degrees. It's a whole different thing. You should be thinking about this all the time. In fact, we have been. Lots of people writing, well, how to keep cool during the summer. People head to the beach. You know, people in Arizona are called zonies. They go to San Diego. Why are we suddenly all focused on this? This is yet another election ploy. Mm -hmm. I know you don't think so. I know it's like, well, you know, 
What is this, Eddie? Uh, why did this all happen during the Labor Day? Because you have all these public service companies that are providing power that are, are wanting you to shift from coal to, you know, 2035. What happened last week with the, we need to go off gas. We need to get uh, less dependence on dependency on fossil fuels. It's still part of that agenda. And the only way that it can get you thinking like this is getting you paying attention. It's no more hotter in Las Vegas now than it was in the middle of the summer. And they weren't handing out the excessive heat warnings. It's because somebody is literally driving this news, period. If it's more expensive, it's because they want you to pay more because they are scaring you into paying more and to pay more attention to your consumption. And if you go over a certain level, what's going to end up happening? You're going to get penalized for using so much. Now, uh, here's the, I know I put the article in there, Dowd. Prices. Power prices. They're at an all-time high. These numbers were pretty incredible, uh, much like they are already being, here it is. Power prices in the Palo Verde hub in Southern California rose to $850 and $505 per megawatt. That was the highest since hitting a record of $1,311 in Palo Verde and $698 in August of 2020. The news is helping these guys make more money. I guarantee you they aren't missing an advertisement. They aren't missing a sponsorship. They aren't missing anything. They're not suffering. And they don't really care if you go through any sort of... Uh, uh, maybe you should be like the squirrel. Maybe you should lay down on the floor if you're too damn hot. And you don't want to use energy and you want to be compliant. And it's called splotting. <laughs> Did you know about this? Splooting, I believe. Is it splooting? <laughs> There's two O's. <laughs> oh, okay. Splooting. Yeah. The squirrel, in order to get cool, will literally lay down and put its belly on the ground. Okay. Um, when the heat rises in the city, the little animals can be seen doing a funny posture known as, yeah, there it is, splooting. It means they're spreading out on the surface on their stomach with their forelimbs forward and their hind legs backward, just kind of splat on the ground. I mean, since all these woke people are into all these things, they, they should probably start practicing something like that and use it. Use It It looks like a, it looks like a uh, hands up, don't shoot protest, basically, for, <laughs> doesn't it? A lot of gentle giant squirrels out there. <laughs> you see that. So uh, raccoons do something similar. So there you go. It's hot all over, but uh, this shouldn't alarm anybody. It's not like this is news. The news is that it's no news and that they're making it news and they want you to pay more. And the only reason uh, they can uh, get you to pay more is because they have to say that it's scarce. It's creating a crisis and you need to do that. We're going to talk about more about Las Vegas when we return. And uh, I'll read your text uh, as well. 550-5500 if you want to go ahead and text in. Don't forget to download the app. We do power down. Speaking of, that's the only reason I brought this up about powering down. We power down at 715. We go to a, a different megawatt, if you will. So uh, power bill is expensive, I'm sure. Uh, if I use X amount instead of X plus Y, that I'll save, right? And that's what they're trying to get you. It's all about incentives, folks. The world's about incentives. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva, AM 600 KIV,
right. 648 here, 948 a.m. tomorrow in Shanghai. See you tomorrow, bright and early, 4 p.m. Uh, a couple of people no longer with us. Uh, two sad deaths uh, over the weekend. And, of course, uh, you heard about, uh, what's it called, Jenga Tower? The CFO for Bed Bath & Beyond, right. they've got a new one. Massive layoffs at uh, Bed Bath & uh, Beyond. And, ostensibly, uh, this guy had uh, made out with a little bit of money, cashed out on some trades. And, uh, according to the reports, he decided to take his uh, own life from the 18th floor in the Tribeca neighborhood uh, before the Financial District Jenga Tower, 52-year-old Gustavo Arnal, uh, New York City Police Department confirmed to all the uh, news outlets. Uh, this happened on the, uh, I believe, the third. I'm proud to have been his colleague. He will be truly missed by all of us at Bed Bath & Beyond. Everyone had the pleasure of knowing him, Mr. Edelman uh, remarked. Our focus is on supporting his family, his team, and our thoughts are with them instead of difficult time. Friday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 10.30 a.m. Friday. They responded to 911 call and found him near the building and appeared to suffer injuries from the fall. The individual's was identity wasn't immediately identified and later identified as him. So on the 31st of August, by the way, um, they pulled all of their MyPillow products over Mike Lindell's claims of the 2020 election. They also stated that they would close 150 stores, cut jobs, Massive layoffs. Uh, they had uh, been forecasting a bigger than expected 26% slump in same store sales over the second quarter. Had the reports last week. And uh, there you go. Big box chain was once considered the category killer in home and bath goods. I don't even know if we have one of those uh, here any longer. We will be talking about Amazon. Uh, also, uh, Amazon closing and abandoning plans for dozens of U.S. warehouses. I've been trying to look more into this, Dowd. Yes. I sent you some of that information. I don't know if our 2.9 million square foot warehouse that sits atop the bluff mm. over there on the west side uh, is going to be considered one of those. But uh, due to declining demand, I use Amazon enough. Uh, they're, they're shutting down 42 warehouses across the country. Also, um, <clears throat> Amazon also uh, decided not to go green on a number of its factories because the uh, the solar panels it was using kept catching fire. Oh. Yeah. I, I just happened to have almost been killed by an Amazon driver this morning in Dallas. Oh, so yeah. I, he was I, on his Amazon's way. Fresh, fresh on my on the brain. Yeah, pulled out right in front of me. Really, uh, I had right away. It was just in the right lane going out south of town, going out of town at the village, and he pulled right out into the road right in front of me like I wasn't even there. So, uh, well, Jeff Bezos, your vetting process needs to be a little better for your drivers. Well, he doesn't want them to unionize, and we will talk about unionization as well. That looks like it's going to be the downfall. Silicon Valley is very woke, except when it comes to um, organized labor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not so woke. Uh, Starbucks, uh, not very excited about their employees organizing either. So, uh, anyway, they'll, they'll start uh, limiting the number of their stores. Uh, by the way, he was also the CFO of a company called Avon. Remember those in the mail? Yes. Did your mom used to ever get those, the Avon catalogs? The Avon, the Avon ladies lady? would drive around town? Yeah. Uh, I recently ran into, uh, what's the ones that drive the pink Cadillacs? Uh, Mary Kay. Ah. Yeah, I ran a Mary Kay convention. Hey, 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 girl, you're looking fine. Uh, by the way, uh, Arnall, in sad news, uh, sold off 55,000 shares between August 16th and 17th, joining a number of insiders dumping their stock in the company because they knew what they were going to report. Jeez, who, who are these people? Virgin Galactic executives? Mm. <laughs> According to uh, one exec, they said the company is at S-Show right now. That's right. Comparable sales are expected to fall 26%. So all those reports. So uh, there you go. That was the guy who was keeping the books. 
so to speak. Uh, another sad loss uh, over the weekend. Stabbed outside his home, I believe Saturday, after an altercation on Friday. Jeff German. Yep. 69 years of age. Stabbed to death. RJ reported, as Dow and I referred to as the Review Journal. I like the RJ. Great article. Uh, when's the last time you published there, Dow? Oh, gosh. We got to get you back in there. Not, gonna... this, not this century. It's so, it's so weird, Eddie, because my relationship with this indicator, the hated Las Vegas Sun, the mm. Greenspun family paper. Yeah. Uh, the Greenspuns are just horrible on so many levels. Yep. And then the Libertarians over at the Review Journal, uh, a couple of years ago, the Sun ran one of my columns not recognizing who I was. And it, I didn't run in the Review Journal. I ran in the Sun. So uh, I know that's some inside baseball. But, you know, uh, uh, op-eds make for strange bedfellows, I guess. By the way, he's author of the book Murder in Sid City, The Death of Las Vegas I've Casino Boss. Ted Binion. Yeah, I knew his... Uh, I knew his uh, son, by the oh, way, yeah. okay. uh, kind of a thuggish kind of guy. He was uh, dating a friend of mine for some time. And, oh, uh, Benny, Benny, you know, Benny, yeah, Benny was the old man. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. The, the grandson is Benny oh, too, right. as well. So he's running around and had, but, the, but, but didn't have the wicked smots. I always had kind of a crush back during that whole murder trial because Ted's girlfriend was kind of, kind of cute. What was her yeah. Name? Cassie, something like that. Yeah. She, Owner she, of the horseshoe in downtown. Well, and then Ted had some secret stash out mm, in the desert where right. he had silver and, and all sorts of jewels or something. Yeah. I, I always wanted to read that book. Yeah. yeah so uh, he's the writer of that. Uh, what's the other guy that's on Sunday nights on, uh, he, he's, he's explored all the uh, energy stuff and he's, I, I, I can't think of him right now. Alien uh, George, uh, George, Knapp. George Knapp. He's, he's amazing. He's a pleasure. So we got to get with uh, George Knapp on this as well. He's uh He's very much into Sin City. So uh, Jeff German, uh, no longer. He's done investigative reports on all sorts of yep. mafia bosses, yep. people yep. in power, politicos. Uh, apparently, he pulled at no punches. He wrote about rancher Cliven Bundy, even, whose disagreement over categorizing led to an armed standoff with federal agents back in uh, 2014. So uh, the RJ writing very nice about him as well. Seemed like a very bright guy. Well, he's you know, an the, IG investigative uh, uh, investigative reporter. We don't have people like that. The only, the other one I'm thinking of is another book, a Vegas book I've always wanted to read by John L. Smith, who was the sort his sort of rival in the investigative reporter columnist world. Uh, Running scared, the life and treacherous times of Las Vegas casino king Steve Wynn. Mm. I've always wanted to read that book as well. But boy, do we not have anyone like that in New Mexico? Because. Uh, I guess the powers that be just like to be comfortable. The media doesn't do its job. And do you know how many... De Dennis Dondrowski was going to be that guy. Oh, yeah. I thought. Uh, do you know how many slimy creatures are under how many wet rocks in this state that if we just had a couple of Jeff Germans and, and, and John L. Smith's here, I mean, my God, I'm only one man, ladies and gentlemen. I do what I can. We need a, we need a few more out there. I think maybe, uh, maybe it's time for us, to, you and I, to step into one or two books and Tell the people what we know and make 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 a tidy sum. What do you think? People would buy it. A little page turner. Yes, indeed. I think that would be good. Uh, longtime uh, friend George McCabe described German as a generous man who spent his professional career standing up for the underdogs in society. Uh, incidentally, Dennis Tomzorowski wrote about his childhood growing up. I bought the book uh, in oh, a Catholic can. school. Right. Yeah, uh, he did not write an expose on the powers in Mexico, uh, unfortunately. So. But we, you and I, Dad, we could, we can go on and on. We could write an underground space. Listeners would help us. Yeah, I think they probably. But, would. but Eddie, do you Tell think you that know. he was killed because he offended the wrong person, or was this just a random crime? Well, it's hazy. Northwest uh, Vegas is where his uh, palace was located on seventy hundred block of uh, Bronze Circle on Tanaya. I know the area. Um, so that was ten th ten thirty a.m. 
Saturday morning. They've reported nothing. Hard for me to speculate okay. uh, based upon this. But if you're kicking enough tires uh, over a period of time and the odds are not stacked in your favor in a town like Las Vegas, I mean, I mean, after all, you know, there's a uh, Pesci <laughs> casino, you know, don't hurt my, don't hurt my brother, Dominic, you know, he's <laughs> got all that stuff. You only exist out here because of me. <laughs> Good stuff. So uh, there you go. A couple of uh, postmortems. A lot to look forward to this week. We're going to cover a lot of ground, um, uh, folks. So make sure you stay tuned for the entirety. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. Uh, you can no doubt uh, listen and podcast to us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as Audible for free. You won't get any of the notes, I'm sorry to say. So if you want all the links to share them with your friends and Tell your friends how smart you are and that you read this and you heard this and you know this and you want to share the link and prove them wrong. Like, in your face! You know, uh, you can go ahead and subscribe at rockoftalk.chat. It's the best $69.99 or $100 a year that you'll spend for less than 20 cents a day. If you're a founding member, you get a little, you'll get a little leg up uh, on the action, uh, so to speak. But we will also be covering China and COVID this week. China imposes more COVID lockdowns. College craziness, something a dad wants to address I think it should be craziness is only found in college, but now it's found everywhere. We'll also cover uh, criminal leadership. So many criminal leaders out there. We'll do that in tomorrow's show. Uh, we'll cover the economy, the national and the global economy. Uh, shipping rates down, plunging, in fact, 60%. So we'll talk about how that's uh, no more excuses from the furniture stores or anybody else. Oh, well, we've got supply chain issue. Uh, you know, they can, you can't milk that forever, folks. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into ESG and rationing uh, as well. The gig economy uh, and unionization while fighting back uh, on that. And then a little social media and tech maybe Wednesday. Greg Zanetti stopping in on Friday uh, afternoon for a conversation. We'll do six segments with him. And he has a lot to share, a lot to get off his chest uh, as well. We'll have the ESPA blotter Friday night. A brand new one. So... Looking uh, forward to that. So and then, uh, <laughs> a special uh, evening for the Los Lobos on Friday. No, they're going to be. The Lobos are bad. They won. They skunked them. 41 nothing. They hit the, the people from Maine pretty hard. It was a celebration. There's about 15,000 people on hand. But I think it'll be like uh, 30,000 people against Boise State yeah, after man. the big win for Danny G and the, uh, the Loblos. So it's going to be uh, fun out there. Saturday, I'm going to journey on down southward, take the uh, the kiddos to, uh, I don't know, all of uh, the wonderful places, uh, Carlsbad, White, White Sands, El Paso as well. It's going to be a lot of fun this week, no, as we finish off the summer. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. As always, Dowd, good job. Audience, thank you so much for your participation, your text, and as always, you guys can listen to us every day from 4 to 7 live here in the Kiva on AM 600 KIVA, BQ.FM, Rock of Talk. Stop off.